Welcome to episode 35 of It's Server Time. We got the usual gang, the usual suspects here with us. We're going to be talking about the roster shuffle and what we've seen so far. There's only been a few, a handful of BO1s at the Blastfall groups, but taking a look at them and we have things to say. We have our thoughts, but first things first, um, Pernogo mentioned this off camera, but I'm going to bring it up because I don't want a million people to ask, why did I shave my head? And so I did it for a handful of reasons. Um, one, I think it looks badass. Two, it's just low maintenance. It's just easier. Like, um, it's just kind of, and, and basically, uh, spoiler, I'm going to be in Poland for an event that's coming up, and I'm going to be there for six weeks, potentially. And so I, I don't want to have to trust conversing with Polish barbers how to cut my hair every time. <laughs> okay. So I think this is just a lot easier than than just being like uh than saying no a little more off the top. Oh no wait, no, just shave the sides a little bit more. I'll probably get a touch up there. Like I'll just get a lineup, but I'm definitely not gonna I'm not gonna ask a Polish guy to do anything with scissors. Okay. It's just it's just a bad idea. I've been to enough European countries now to know if they're using the clippers, they'll be fine. But if they start using scissors, it's a get, it's a grab bag, and you have no idea what's going to happen. And that's nothing against Polish barbers in particular. It's just that people that don't speak English fluently. I've even had people in London who didn't speak English that fluently just not get what I was trying to say at all. And I just I'm done with it. I'm I'm done. Like it's just too much work. <laughs> just. Thoughts taking on shaved heads, guys. <laughs> taking matters into his own hands, I see. Yeah. Not for me, but I respect it. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> I'm I like the, the, I, like the solu- so. I, I respect the approach to the solution for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you're you're it's, actually it's, on the lowest end of the totem pole in terms of length of hair now. So, and I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of like a tie before, a three way tie, I think, before, but. I think usually I had a similar length to note in terms of hair. Um, Mix usually has something going on with the with his hair. Pranoga, you always have the longest because you have wait you tie it into like a a bun or something at the back, right? Or like a kind of a ponytail. Yeah, thing? it's. I actually never learned how to tie it into a man bun, and it's just as oh, okay. well because I kind of think that that's stupid. But I mean, <laughs> okay. when you when you're tying it into a ponytail, which is like eminently more popular amongst the opposite sex you don't really have much room to stand on in terms of critiquing other people's hairstyles so i usually keep that <laughs> bit, of, bit of critique to myself but yeah um yeah. yeah it's almost always a ponytail if i'm trying to be somewhat more formal or whatever otherwise it's just down although lately in the summer i've just been like railing against it you were right it is much harder like in terms of maintenance you are correct about the shaved head approach that's that's one thing that i will forever be uh jealous of but I'm almost certain that I look better this way, so. Okay. So, like, okay. two minutes in, I'm Polish, can... Polish barbers and man buns are very caught strays. Two minutes <laughs> this podcast. All right, reasonable. Yeah. Mix, you're going to shave your head next. <laughs> I might shave the sides. Like, just keep okay. them really short and keep just keep most of this on top, but... No, I'm yeah. not going to go full shaved full shave head. I think I did that when I was, like, eight and I cried uh, after oh, I got really? haircut, so... <laughs> Wow. I think it's it's also something that I, I don't really have, I don't think, the worst genetics. Like, I don't think I'm going to go bald too soon, but I now have the confidence to know that if I do, 
I'm just going to get it over with. I'm okay, not yeah. going to play that freaking game of just like, oh, let's try to hide it. Like, you know, like I kind of, I, okay, I shit you not. When I was actually walking after my haircut today to, to get to my gym, I saw like four dudes who had like just this big hole in their hair at the top. And I was like, yeah, that's never going to be me. That's just, I just, as soon as that starts <laughs> I've been, growing, it's, I've it's been not, waiting so. for MSL to go bald for like five years at this point. So <laughs> yeah. And, and he pulled the trigger. Just, did he? Well, I thought I thought for, he did. Didn't he? Didn't he pull the? Tr- Wait, I feel like he might have. But for the longest time, he was still rocking like whatever hair he had left. He was <laughs> clinging onto it like, like like taco bite or something. No, he shaved like, it. Like yeah, he shaved okay. it. Yeah, yeah. He uh, his latest HLTV f- photo. He's just completely bald, which makes him kind of oh, look like an God. evil genius, which is kind of sick. You know, like he topical. Very, very, very topical. Leaking, stop leaking roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That, I guess that brings us very nicely into the the first topic. There have obviously been a lot of roster moves. Uh, I think, have we talked about them too much? Either way, we're going to talk about what we've seen of them. We're going to talk about, and the first team that, thanks to MSL's look on HLTV that we're going to get into, is going to be EG. They didn't really show at Blast their complete new roster yet. They brought in Neelan, they brought in Hexed, for Stewie and Rush, but they had to use Rush for this event instead of automatic for... Does anybody know the exact reason? Just, just No, it's just like he had to fly home uh, for something. He he was non-specific about it, but he said it was like something that he had to fly home for. It's just like some sort of personal okay. reason. And he should be back for the next stage, for the knockout stage. Okay, okay, that's cool. That's uh, That's good to hear, but... What they did at this at this event so far was they lost their kind of predictably, I'd say uh, they lost their their two BO1s. They lost sixteen eight to Phase and sixteen six two to Big, and I don't think anybody would have predicted otherwise. But did you guys catch anything of this? That let's start with the good. Did you catch anything you liked about what EG showed here? I actually think that they looked more cohesive on the T side than I've seen them in a long time. And that's right out the gate with a stand-in with a new IGL. So hopefully, and a new coach, of course, we can't, uh, you know, pass over that. Or we could, but I didn't. And then generally, you look at the way that they work. They, they approach that Inferno T side, I thought, okay, they're feeling out the map. They're being deliberate. Maybe methodical would be a too strong of a word, but they feel like they're doing stuff. And it's more like... I don't know. Before, they were sort of... Sometimes you would see EG cosplay as like a top-level team that's playing the European Counter-Strike style, and then they would just fall apart, and then they would, you know, sort of regress to the mean, I guess. In this one, it felt more honest of an attempt, is the way that I would describe it. And in that first half, they were still sort of... They were doing a little bit of damage here and there. Um, again, nobody would expect them to take the W. Uh, people aren't even expecting them to do well in their next matchup in this tournament, and... It's probably just because they didn't shock the world. They would have literally had to in this particular case uh, in order to do anything. But yeah, I, I, I think they're right now it's too early to tell. And obviously the fact that this stage, they don't have one of their players that everybody has been saying, you know, has maybe the strongest chance to, to make a return, so to speak. Yeah, that's going to sting too. So yeah, hopefully uh, they can show much better results in the future. But so far, I will just say Neilan seems like... He, he kind of knows what's up on the T side. That's all I've been able to reverse engineer so far. Yeah, I only caught a little bit of the phase EG game. I didn't catch their second one. I'm not really surprised at the result, both because they have a stand-in, but also like they're relatively new teams since they made two changes, and they're playing against 
phase and then big a pretty tactical team like it's going to be hard to go into either of those matchups and be able to actually even get over 10 rounds which they didn't so i'm not really surprised about that i think it was interesting reading the interview that striker did with automatic that got released today i don't know if you guys have read it yet um i read it yesterday before it got published but um oh, fancy essentially yeah he's on the patreon dude he gets early access so. um <laughs> Yeah, basically, one of the things he mentioned was uh, the team was, he was, he kind of helped, not necessarily scout Newland, but they basically, like, he did watch some of the demos before they picked him up and kind of got an idea of how he calls in their system, and he liked the idea of bringing in that, uh, like, automatic, like, the idea of bringing in some of that, like, CIS style into the game. They're not really trying to implement it fully, from what he was saying, he's just trying to, uh, add elements of it to their game. So between reading that and also seeing uh, the phase, like only a little bit of the phase game, I wasn't really super invested in watching them play this round because they have a stand-in. I'm like, okay, already they're like up against two teams who they're not really going to play well against regardless. Um, And then they're missing basically one of their best players at the moment in current form so i was like there's there's not really a point in watching either of these matches right okay so so i i actually came to a pretty similar conclusion to pronogo actually when i watched the the phase game which i barely caught the big one but the phase one i'll say that one thing that was refreshing about the way that eg played this is that they didn't lose a player in the first 20 seconds of every single round, which was the case in the previous iteration where it felt like you would you would get Stewie or sometimes you would get Rush or you would get some really just haphazard play designed for maybe Cirque or like, or I, I, I guess, you know, like they you would see that kind of stuff a little too often on the last EG, whereas now with this one, they're taking their time and they're occasionally kind of switching up the pace i'd say that hex seems like probably the most willing to just start around pretty quickly like he was kind of flying up banana in that game very frequently and whether it was always the safest play or not that's probably up for debate but actually what was nice is that when he was interviewed by james banks after he said that uh james james banks asked him did this feel much different than when you played before at at lower tiers of counter-strike and hex said that he felt like he just needs to be more methodical and deliberate with his approach. And I feel like that's kind of exactly what I was seeing too, because it just felt like he was running up too much, uh, too quickly, uh, which admittedly worked for him probably pretty well in NA because he just won a lot of fights. And well, it's a good way to start because I mean, if that's how you had, that's how you're able to do it in NA, it's still good to do that against whatever European team you're playing. Right. Just so, you're just playing like a similar style that you've been comfortable with, especially in like in a game like this where you have like a stand-in, you have like a new IGL, you have to get used to like so many new things. If Hex just starts off playing like super passive and he's like, I'm gonna work up banana like I'm fucking I don't know, like Zipnix or something, right? Like he's gonna be super yeah. methodical about everything. Like it's it's probably he's probably gonna get in his own head really quickly. So you know, just flying yeah. up banana, just holding W, taking some aim fights, fuck it. Fuck these guys. I think limit like testing it. himself like this is probably actually a better way because you will almost surely get knocked down by phase if you want to try to be strategic about your approach. But if you just kind of test people, uh, there was actually a moment. I th- oh, God, I, th- I don't know if it was Neelan or Hex, but someone caught Kerrigan with like a nade in hand at yeah. one point as they were going up banana. And I, I think it was Neelan, but like that could have happened for Hex. 
Okay, yeah, then yeah. then it it definitely it definitely like that's a moment where if Hex was able to win some fight like that, he'd probably think like, oh, this this does work against anybody, and you can catch even the best team in the world with their pants down sometimes. So I don't. I'm not gonna say. Okay, actually, I'll I'll, I'll pull you guys for this first. Do you guys think that this EG? I, I mean, I feel like this is kind of a simple yes or no, but let's let's see if we have differing opinions on it. Do you think this EG is going to make it through the NA RMR? Or the America's RMR? I'm really tempted to just say yes, but I haven't looked at it's the It's two maps. It's always yeah, double checking the team list. Yeah. Well, many... if, if you think about it, there it's two maps, but we're we're also expecting their roster to get better once they yes. have the, you know, they solve the stand-in conundrum, right? So I think just based on that and based on the fact that they're getting this European practice, which a lot of the other teams are going to be more local, they're not going to have done that. I feel like there is a shoe in like it would be re I mean, it would be maybe not more disappointing than the previous lineup not making it because of how many chances they had and because like it, they it felt like they were just perennial check stealers by that point because they just seemed totally checked out. But in this particular case, I would say it would be more of an upset, I guess. Like, you expect, after all of these revisions and this huge overhaul, absolutely this should have happened. So, yeah, I'll say yes. Honestly, I'm going to say no. I mean, there's two qualifiers left. They're technically not even qualified right now. They still have to qualify for the NARMR. Oh, they do. They're literally yeah. not even in the event yet. So, there's only four spots left. They're going to have to play those between traveling back for ESL Pro League as well. And then you have, like, Liquid, Furia, Zero Zero Nation, Complexity, Oplano, I don't know, 9Z. Like, it's going to be... There's actually a lot of contention for those spots. So, I'm going to say they just barely don't make it. Maybe uh, finish in 7th or something. I'm, like, looking at the list and kind of seeing... and. Based on this, I'm kind of like 50-50 between it, so yeah. I'll just be a fucking homer, and I'll say yes. <laughs> love that. I love that. <laughs> so It's going to be really close, I think. They'll be like one of the last teams to qualify, I would say, if they make okay. it. Okay, okay. I... I well, I kind of want to say yes, because they were actually... What? They were... They were kind of a game away last time, right? They could have won one game and just made it. But then since they lost it, they had to play through some other weird bracket that they had to win two BO3s in or something. I think that this time there's a very... So they have to... How many teams make it again? Uh, it's six, six right? So, yeah. It's a Swiss yeah, it's, Oh, it is yeah, tough. Yeah, that's the thing. It is tough. Six. Yeah, I thought it was eight. I thought it was. If I thought if it were eight, I'd say yes. And now if it was eight, I would have said yes for sure. But no. oh gosh, gosh. Oh, um. Who do you, I who do you favor more to make it through? Easy or complexity? Oh, complexity, complexity for sure. Easily. For sure. Complexity? Easy, okay. easy, easy, easy. We'll talk about complexity too. And in fact, we could we could shift to them. I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna say no for eg. I it it. I thought it was eight. I thought it was eight, actually. So... I'm still saying yes. So, okay, they're gonna make it through. They're gonna be a solid team. They're gonna be there. Let's be like, yeah, this is much better. God, are we? Do we have to go through this now? I think we kind of have to go through. <laughs> We're it a split little down bit. the middle, dude. Literally, yeah. Down the like, middle. Okay, we let's let's talk about it. We we have Liquid Fury and Furia making it through. I I'm putting Complexity through over them. Um, zero Zero Nation through as well. Yes, honestly. I'm putting Zero Zero Nation through also. So that's already four. Right there. And then... <laughs> you have the new I, Imperial I, with Cello. 
Uh, yeah, which... you have the new Imperial with cello, which should be better. It should be better. <laughs> yeah. They're just. It felt like Imperial were oh, like too motivated last major. Like they were like, yeah. let's prove ourselves. So they overperformed like crazy. But actually, on paper, they actually just got better. So and that this is team... also a major in Brazil. So I'm pretty sure they'll be even more motivated. Exactly, so, and that's why I think Fallen MIBR can bring out the trophy, real. but he's not there. Come on, get get real. You can't Both actually overrated. back Imperial after what they've done throughout the entire year. Like, come on, bro. No I... way. I think they have a better... Well, well, I'll say this. I think MIBR are better. I think MIBR yes. are better. Than, I think you, than... MIBR are a contender. You got Payne and 9Z, and then there's EG. So those are like our four well, teams. I, like, I could see Imperial knocking EG out, though. That's the thing. Like They might not qualify themselves, but they definitely could like give EG yeah. some contention in the qualifier itself. So like the thing is, there's too many teams for me that stack up... like well enough to not give EG a shot at one of the yeah. six spots. Like, there's yeah. too many competitors that could knock them out, and not enough... There's not enough motivation for me to say that they're gonna make it past, yeah. like, all of the teams on this list But is the qualify. is the EG you're thinking about actually the EG that you've seen at Blast for these two maps? Is it, like, a better, slightly better EG or something? Because I'm thinking... I'm projecting into the future where they have a better lineup that they're more practiced with and more drilled with. They've got time. You know, this event's in some time, right? And then also they've got the European practice, which is going to be a stark contrast to some of the other rosters that are here. So that's why I'm thinking, I mean, we still haven't admittedly seen if they're even going to make the RMR to begin with, but assuming they do, and I think it would be like pretty difficult to say that there's like other, you know, big names that are waiting to, in the wings to uh, steal the spot from them. I feel like this, if you have faith at all in the NA region, which may be dubious, then yeah, you probably should think that EG is going to be performing better than what they currently are at. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 but the thing, the thing, the, my, my more sound logic for why I would pick them is that I basically think that liquid furia zero zero nation complexity are just four teams that are better. Like, and then there's two spots left and I think, EG could occupy one of those spots. I hope I I hope that they do, but I also have no reason to believe that they will. That yet. Even with a slight improvement uh, of automatic. Damage. I don't need a reason. So I'm just gonna oh. say EG and Imperial will make it through. Also EG and Imperial. Also, EG won't have that much European practice before I mean if they qualify, then yes, they will, but before the qualifiers to make it into the RMR, they won't, because the two qualifiers the qualifying matches are on the first and the fourth, and then their EPL group is in is like on the twentieth. Oh. So they're not actually going to be in Europe. Like they're going to have to fly home right after Blast, play in the qualifier, and then they'll fly to Europe again. So like it's not like they have a ton of practice time before they play right. in the qualifiers. They should qualify though. Like that's at yeah, the yeah. bare minimum, surely. Yeah. You'd hope so. Okay, okay. Let's I mean, move they on. can't lose to to amazing NA team game X Gaming Gladiators right now. So X Gaming Gladiators already qualified. So yeah, I know no, that's what I'm saying. They, they can't lose to them right now. They, the team that they 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 surely okay. They should surely make it through this because yes, they, they the teams that didn't that kind of came in um what the the next NA qualifier the the like third and fourth place were Brazen and Strife. I. I if they lose to those kind of teams, yeah. you need to question everything that's going on yeah. with EG. <laughs> then it's yeah. panic stations but, again, which, you know, I guess they've just lived there for a long time as an org, so they're pretty familiar with that territory. Suppose, I suppose. Okay, let's move on to the other NA roster that is giving me more hope, and that is Complexity. They went 
finally they pulled the trigger on removing Junior from the team or benching him, that is, and then they brought in Halzerk, who, of course, made a pretty strong name for himself with Dignitas, because even though that team never truly found too much success, they had a lot of eyeballs on them, and I think people could safely say that the best players for that team most of the time were Forrest and Halzerk. Uh, I, I think yes. even in the beginning of that roster, Halzerk looked like the best player for sure, and then kind of in the later months, when I just saw them in random qualifiers here and there, it felt like maybe I actually believe in Forrest a little bit more, which was which was weird. Honestly, I I don't know what to think of that team. Honestly, eight months after it started, but that's that's how yeah, I'll put Halsey it. Like, kind of dropped off from like where he was initially. Like he wasn't like bad, but for a while, like on that thing that's hosting, it felt like he was just kind of average. Like wasn't mm-hmm. outstanding. wasn't like terrible. wasn't like he was like you know fucking dragging the team down or something. But it was just very like middling. That's also kind of like what complexity could use. Like somebody who's stable. Like they don't need necessarily like a star opper. They just need someone who can like be yeah, stable, like, hit the shots it, that like, they need to, and like yeah. throw the nades and and be in the right positions that they need to without someone micromanaging them and telling them that they have to like be in this position or like do this. Yeah, just think about I think like, exactly get what they're missing. Back and then yeah. get like the wheels actually under them and actually going. Like just having like any opera that's just stable and is able to help you. Also, this is like the first time I'm pretty sure, unless I'm missing something, that they've played with like a European player that actually has a pretty good amount of experience in this team. Mm-hmm. Like, they've never played with an NA player that has, like, a ton of experience, you know, for the rest of them, right? Like, this is the first time they've, like, really got someone that has, like, a very, almost, like, different view of the game and, like, how they came up to, to everyone else. And the, good, and the good part of it is that he still fits in pretty well with them, I just figure, personality-wise, like, I know that, like, Ricky likes him. You know, like you said, like, he's got a mole, he's practically American. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I just, it's good that, A, like, he fits in with those guys really well. Like, there's not, like, a major cultural shock or, like, personality difference. And B, he comes from, like, an, an entirely different scene, which is something they've never had before. You know, someone that, like, has played with, like, these different styles of IGLs and different players and stuff like that. And that can be a real benefit to, to everyone else on the team. Just think about how complexity fell apart in their other games before when you know obviously they had junior they kind of i I don't want to sound really really harsh with this but they kind of already adapted their t-sides to playing without a stable opper and the problem is on ct side you can't get away with that nearly as much like you need your guy to be able to hold an angle and and sort of tripwire somebody in certain positions that's like a a mandatory requirement and if junior's gonna miss or try to go for some over correction or some sort of really crazy play that's where the ct side starts to crumble like first base and it's obviously the most expensive gun in the game and it's what you're trying to save all the time and you're so you imagine trying to put in all this investment that all the other european style counter-strike teams do and then not really getting any returns from it that's really going to be bad for confidence it's going to be obviously bad for results so yeah if halzer all he needs to do really is just point and click then on the ct side at least that's like an instant upgrade and not to say that he won't be used at all in their t sides but it's not really a requirement for Cole Cole specifically like these guys already kind of know how to operate on the map and if they can decide to use him if he does want to get aggressive if he does want to try a strat where he crowbars in a site or he sets up for some sort of more set piece oriented strategy then they can do it but at least in this particular case like I think this is a really really good pickup that originally I was kind of out on like I didn't really follow Halzer's career that much but I was like okay this is kind of like a weird pickup but now that I'm seeing a little bit of the results but also thinking a bit more about the role distribution within the team I think it it does make a lot of sense it's not like you're not getting a star-studded opera obviously uh, but 
in a way for complexity, that's a, almost a good thing because they don't have to change up their strategy that much. They, they really just keep a lot of the things the same, but then just plug in a more stable piece, like you guys were saying. Yeah, if they'd so, gone for like a guy like Waro 2K, which is like another thing I saw yeah. suggested around, like the, the problem there is that A, you get a guy that's like super fucking like, I don't know exactly his play style, but he seems like a pretty aggressive guy. So that just combined with like whatever like culture, culture difference and like personality difference and language difference there would be like, it would feel so much more like there's like so much trying to change within the team. It would be hard to feel just as comfortable. And so with Holzerk, it'll be good because I, I imagine he's still a guy that's like fairly active on the map, like on T side. Like Johnny's not someone that's like, I don't want my opera to do shit on T side, right? Like I don't want him. I just want him to sit back and what angles. Like if the opera wants to do something, for the most part, you know, the opera can do whatever the fuck he wants on JT's team because that's how it should usually be on like any team pretty much. So like it's still going to help JT a lot more if he has an opera that's consistently like saying, hey, I want to do this, I want to do this, that type of thing. And then Waro so, will be in market, and he'll be like, hey, JT, I'd really like to swat some flies right now. Oh my god. That... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, t- it's actually interesting you brought up that note about the T-side, CT-side, like, that they had to adjust, adapt their T-side, and they couldn't really do it on the CT-side, because, so I think I can say this now that the changes actually happened, but one of the things that they had to do when Junior was on the team was, like, you might have noticed that Fang's performance dropped off yeah. uh, from, like, how well he used to play at the start of last year. Um, and then you kind of just saw him individually fall off a cliff a little bit. Um, so part of the reason for that is actually because his CT positions had to be swapped. Um, basically, him and JT traded a bunch of positions because uh, Junior essentially couldn't support Fang the way that he should have been. Uh, both in like holding angles or like flashing and doing it like intuitively without being told that he has to do it, like based on reactions that are happening on the map. So JT essentially had to take some of Fang's positions and micromanage Junior in some of those uh, situations and like tell him that, oh, you have to like do this now or like, like let's do this, blah, blah. Whereas like, so Fang was playing in positions he was less comfortable with because essentially he like he couldn't micro junior and like while trying to individually focus on some of the plays he had to make so now that they have halzer back there you can like thanks performance has gone up as well like even in the in the matches they played before blast and the matches they've played here you can see there's already a difference in his stats alone but also like if you've been watching the matches they've played like he individually is playing a lot better his his um like own focus on the game is back so i think like it's not just the fact that Halzerk is coming in as like a more stable opera, it's that he can do the stuff that he should be to be able to support the rest of the riflers on the team as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, I mean, I don't think it became a secret anymore that Junior sometimes made it very difficult to run structured CS in the way that was a little bit more on the fly and intuitive than... I mean, then you would have wanted, but with with Halzerk, the the guy just seems to be in the right place at the right time more often, and he doesn't put himself in positions where he's just really exposed or basic. Like, and I will say, from what I saw, I, he didn't blow me away in terms of his individual performance, but yeah, it, it didn't really feel like he was missing too many of the gimme shots, which I kind yeah. of sometimes would would wince because or cringe because sometimes Junior would just kind of miss them, and I'm like, oh, like. Why'd that happen, you know? But um, I, I'll, I'll say that right now with this complexity lineup, it feels like that was sort of that everything going on with Junior was sort of haunting them. And they really yes. kind of had to keep 
pushing that away or like trying to just 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 despite how negatively junior was affecting that team is if i'm just being completely honest they they tried their best to put it like to get through it but after a while they stopped believing in themselves with grim saying that stuff about like everybody anybody would be embarrassed to lose us like how could like <laughs> saying that is just like the most you've lost so much faith in your team like i feel like even when teams like with suey were down in the dumps he would never admit that he would never say anything that yeah. that obvious where it's like yo you would be embarrassed to lose to suey 2k like no nobody would that's so uh, it's the reverse nip 87 and no effect it's when you're 0 and 87 you don't want to it's kind of it's kind of Team that breaks the record (laughs) the losing record yeah that's what that's how grim was phrasing it and i think that in the what what made me immediately excited for this team which i'm surprised we haven't really touched just yet is that they beat they beat navi in a map they they took them down and their t side was really good they they was no simple true as a clarifier that's that's true but that team ended up winning the group so yes. they were no joke they're still no joke um even though and even in the re- the rematch was was not pretty for complexity yeah. i'm not gonna get into that one they couldn't get anything done but for the <laughs> yeah, first just, map just ignore that please just go back to the first <laughs> actually for, for the, the first... sake of my point please <laughs> yeah they, no, for the... they played pretty well versus liquid yes well, that's what i was gonna say credit. too yeah yeah for the first basically three halves of counter-strike that this complexity team showed at blast they were great they they looked like they were one of the teams that was very refreshed after the break they looked very warmed up and i'll say that actually one guy that really impressed me in the navi series was grim grim was winning yes. so many fights against everybody on navi and even though i'd say statistically i don't think he went crazy okay well he went 21 and uh okay he went 21 and 14 and he had a 1.38 rating, but he had 14 headshots of those 21 kills. I just need to like remind people how much we used to fawn over Grimm for his aim. That's what it looked like when I was watching him against Navi in this yes. one. So the way he was getting into bomb sites as the second man in behind JT, just trade, and then he'd kill the next guy on top of that, and then he would win a clutch. Like he was getting quite a few multi-frags, which pretty much were willing rounds into existence for this complexity side. So even though I, I don't know if I'd say the structure of uh, complexity on that T side was phenomenal, they won maybe two or three clutches, if I can remember off the top, like maybe like one or two 1v somethings, 1v, 1v1, 1v2s, but they definitely won a 2v3 at one point. And Fang actually had this moment where he was at a 1v4 and he actually got three of the kills and barely missed the headshot on the last guy too. Like they, these guys were in really top form for this game. And I that's, that made me really excited because it felt like based off of everything you said with like the junior and how they had to micro him and they had to think more and they couldn't focus on their own game, that, that, that pressure is relieved with Halzark now, and they're just focusing on themselves, and we're starting to see this resurgence in some of these these young individuals that we were so excited about when this roster was being put together. You can still see some of the cracks as they had in the previous team in some situations. Like, the Liquid game, they honestly should have closed out and won. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I think should've. they were up, like, 13-9, and they lost to 1v3, and then they got to 14-10, and then they lost, I think, another... Like two v four, yeah, two v four or something like, like that. that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so like those are the kind of rounds that you would see the old roster lose as well. And it's just like it's funny because when that old roster first started out, 
um it was pretty similar like even though junior wasn't performing super well like they would get really close versus some of the good teams but then they'd they'd even get to like 14 or 15 first and then they would just lose because they'd lose like one or two late like late round clutches and that kind of happened in that liquid game but i think like overall the way the team was playing gives me more confidence in them going forward it just kind of sucks for them because they honestly could have just beaten liquid in that yeah. match yeah, they, they could have secured top two in their group. Um, yeah, yeah uh, avoided the Navi rematch. Yeah. That would have been nice, you know, just for the history books. No, I, I think if you think about, like, how this team used to be, like, the narratives of these players when Complexity picked this squad up, if you remember, and assembled this squad, was, like, you know, JT, he's been around for a long time, but he's you know he's good at, like, creating a system and, and imparting that. Like, he seems like a solid systems-based IGL. Uh, and, I mean, people were talking about his T-side specifically, in especially a point where, like, the CT meta was just rising up and being this, like, nefarious mastermind or something. Like, uh, this big final boss you have to defeat on T-side every single time. Well, this, this was a guy that you could say maybe he's got a good chance to do it. And, like, the stock wasn't bad. Like, Grim was like, okay, he's fresh off his stint from Liquid, but... We know that he can be a star player if he's given his roles. And we know from interviews and behind the scenes that like there's a lot of weird stuff was happening on the Liquid roster that made Grimm not really able to do his thing as much as he would like. Now we get to the point where like this roster is assembled. It looks like this is this would be where the stock would continue to rise. But unfortunately, due to, you know, the junior effect, if we want to call it that, like that wasn't really happening. Right. And there was some reinvention that happened. But if you think about like some of the narratives or some of the fan opinions or even maybe some of the caster and, and pundit opinions, it was like, well, is JT really that good? Was he or, or did he fall off or something? Because now he can't make the system work. And was Grim and were Grim and Fang really the next NA hope? Like it was really hard to see the value still preserved, I think. in a lot of these like note was talking about how they would still make it to 14, 15 rounds and show flashes of brilliance. But like it was hard hard to know that if that was a consistent thing or if it was always just going to be beneath the cracks and it's still early days and there are some asterisks about the navi game but the fact that they were able to be competitive in those opening rounds definitely makes you feel like well this team clearly shows the potential that they have if they can activate it if this can continue to be a raising of the stock then this complexity lineup could actually be like the the first proper second best na team obviously behind liquid that we've seen since forever really i'm, I'm trying to cast my mind back to like the the nrg slash eg day with them and Liquid working in that summer of, uh, I think it was 2019, you know, like that's that's sort of the territory we're getting back to. Not that those heights of placements for the NA rosters, but the fact that we can have two legitimately good NA rosters operating at the same time. And that would be and really nice. all it took for that was to add an EU player. Yeah, for both cases. <laughs> for both cases so. Do you see Complexity making it through this gauntlet? Like, I doubt they beat FaZe, obviously, in the next round, but do you see them maybe winning in the last chance bracket and qualifying for the finals? It really depends on their opponents, but I feel like well, this roster. They first got OG. O so they have OG, OG and then Phase. It's it's hard to yeah. it's hard to take the OG case um, because like they're both really uh, not really really new, I guess. But like the OG case is kind of mm. kind of new, and so that's like a real weird one. I, I saw some people saying that the OG guys were like heavy favorites or something. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, really depends on what they took away from the games in the first state, right? And we can say the same about OG to that extent. Like, did they drill down and try to you know figure out what went wrong, uh, how they can operate better? I, but I think they have a really good chance at taking the OG game. The phase game, not so much, but the OG game definitely. Definitely. Like, this is maybe 60 40 in one team's favor, and I don't know who to call it for, but otherwise. I don't know. Dexter's been playing uh, really well, though. Here's That's my take on thing. this, right? So I'm looking at this bracket, 
and I don't fucking understand it at all. So I'm gonna say complexity <laughs> makes it through. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. It is a bit of a is an interesting. I, I didn't want to talk about the format at some point. We, because it's it's, this, really it's the same like format it. as the the groups the last the last yes. groups. Yeah, but it, it's it's a little awky. It's a little it's a little freaky. It's just freaky not a geeky. good format for anything really like it's not good for viewers it's not intuitive to look at it's also like a it's the entire first round is just seeding matches essentially but all the teams come in seeded as it is like you you see the initial teams but then these seed best of one seeding matches essentially ruin the second bracket so it's just like you're essentially seeding teams properly and then you're letting them fuck it up so I don't know. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a, like if these were best of three matches and you just played it like a regular group and you had them qualify for a second bracket somehow, and then not have a last chance one. Like there's so many better solutions than having this weird ass gauntlet. Like so. So you you have to take into account that these partner teams want high variance games so they can win against each other and yeah, stack course. HLTV points because complexity is probably the happiest team right now because they mm-hmm. j- they jumped up 15 spots in the <laughs> HLTV rankings for beating a Navi without simple in a Bo1 like that's that's kind of a best case scenario for the team and what they would want to get out of this group stage but I I think we. I said my piece on the last one. I, I think that this is so weird now because, like, G2 big for last place is such yep. a sh- It's so whack. <laughs> yep. it's, insane that, it's insane that G2 somehow managed to be the most forgettable team of that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is, yeah, is kind of true. They, they were, okay, well, let's do this. Let's do this. I want to talk about G2, but do we have any final thoughts on complexity here? Um, like, I mean, I think we all can agree they're better. It's, yep, it's yes. just like, like how much better are we going to see this team? I'll put it like this: in the in the remaining tournaments of this year, is this team going to make a playoff berth? Yeah, I think. So. Oh yeah, that should okay. that should definitely happen. The thing with this new complexity, the absolute, but if everything goes to plan, everything goes right, and maybe you get a little bit lucky with how other teams perform, this team could peak at like top twelve or something, which is still Ooh. a huge improvement compared to what you're seeing right now. Like top twelve. Think man. about how weak the whole lineup is from from yeah. like three to twenty at this point, and how uncertain everything is because of all the roster moves. If some of this stuff doesn't work out for some of these other teams, and com- again, this is everything going right, and complexity going up, up stocks stocks up. Like, I don't really see. I don't see why they couldn't be like. There's a lot of teams that look more shambolic to me in that situation. In some of those roster placements near the top twelve mark, that I don't see why it wouldn't be complexity. People will say, "Oh, LOL," but like, I mean, that's true. But also, look at all of the other rosters that are also LOL or LUL. This is like- I could I could see them sneaking into playoffs in EPL. Could be mm. their group's hard, but like they have mm. Ents, Heroic, Astralis, Maus, Complexity, Heat. I could see them grabbing maybe a third spot over like an Astralis or a Mouse. Oh, especially wow. recently, yeah. If you if you take wow. into account recent form. Wow, I think this is, I think this is like wow. this is making me think of like all my complexity takes at the start of the year. Just <laughs> thinking about how like how much if someone really wanted to, they could just go back and make like a fucking <laughs> just like a montage of me hyping up complexity at the start of the year and then just yeah. So I'm a bit, a bit hesitant, but I'm just gonna go home. Of course, they're gonna make a playoff stage at some point of this year. Okay. No doubt. Okay. Wait, what was your wowing for, Alex? Well, when when uh, I wowed at I wowed when Pernogo said they could hit 12th in the rankings. Yeah, but look, who is oh, 12th right now? Oh, wow. I don't know about that. 
That's that's uh, really high. I think so. Twelve I mean, right now is ants. I definitely <laughs> think they can hit. I definitely think they can make it top twenty. I'll say that. I think they can hit top twenty. But yeah, I think they can make top twenty. Dude, like, if Mouse can be number five, then Complexity can be like top fifteen. That's all I'm saying. If Astralis if can be can number be... four and then lose to Aurora and lost Kogu- lost Poyos Hermanos <laughs> or whatever the fuck, then yeah, they they can yeah. they can do they can do wonders, dude. <laughs> you haven't seen shit yet. Honestly, if they if I mean if we're gonna using like that kind of logic, if if Mouse are five, Complexity could be four. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the most fraudulent number five of all time. It's, that's, anything is possible. Just gonna put. Yeah, that's it. that's really what. It that's is, what I'm honestly. trying to say about the fact yeah. that like you look at the rankings right now, they don't even make sense. So you know. no, they don't. They, they, they no, are this so is probably one of the yet. weirdest ranking updates in a while. Yeah, like combined sure. with the fact that we were on a player break and then I didn't even so know many Mal's teams was number five. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they made like they made the entire year. They what, made what semis in Cologne, and then every other team made changes. So like, yep. it was a one month break where tournament oh, results basically expired. Like <laughs> the majors results are not considered in form ranking anymore. You had teams make changes, and then you had like teams like Astralis and Mao's making playoffs of Cologne. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like. The ranking so is kind of fucked right now. Actually, it, it I know we're supposed that. to be moving to G2, but can we talk a little bit about FaZe being swapped with Na'Vi in the ranking and how we feel about oh, that? Oh, well, since we're on the topic of the ranking, I guess yeah. we could we we could make a little point on that. The Yeah. I, it is it is very like <laughs> why 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 is this there? I I know Striker tried going to Twitter to try to defend this and the logic behind it. Yeah. I get I get that the HLTV ranking like you know, it drops something and then it uses performances from other tournaments. And then like, like, I, I think the blast spring finals kind of like some people sort of forget about how that happened and how Navi actually did beat phase and they did win that whole thing. And I don't really expect HLTV's ranking system to have too much more nuance to actually say like, this is a different type of tournament than Cologne because they kind of are S tier tournaments at the end yeah. of the day. So it it it's not like it's crazy to me. I, I didn't expect this to happen. But when you actually look at the points, it's only they're seven points apart in yeah. terms of how they they put these things together. I, it's weird. I don't think there's any way that any ranking system should put Navi better than FaZe right now in any case. But, you know, with, with it, certain it's funny because I think if yeah. if FaZe hadn't played the Rubet Cup, they would still be number one. <laughs> See, that's like, even literally stranger. like this weird online tournament kind of fucked them but like it shouldn't obviously it shouldn't be like that but just because the ranking is based purely on like point calculations with like what tournaments you take part in and who you beat like it yeah. is just kind of how it unfolded but you're right like there's no way that navi should be above phase and i don't think anyone from navi would agree with that either right. um obviously simple is memeing about it on twitter but like um, yeah, he took a break and they got number one. So yeah. he was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> That's the other thing too. Is that there's no like penalty. maybe I should take more breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's no penalty for. I mean, not that there necessarily should be, but it's like there's no consideration that like right now Navi doesn't even have their star player. Obviously, that's a temporary thing. But there's yeah. that they're playing live games without their star player. And normally, when you make a roster move, obviously you lose some points. But like, there's a point where it's like, are they gaining points for doing that? Was that was the event even calculated yet, or like is it factored in? Because it yeah yeah, the ranking it's it's calculated. So. Blast is calculated at the end for achievements, but yeah. I think form oh. counts for oh, like yeah. matchups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I mean if Phase beat Heroic in that Bo one, they 
probably would be number one. Yeah. I think yeah. that would have made the difference. Well, that's what Stryker thing. said. And then he tried to be like, I was only pretending to make a ridiculous point. Actually, that well, was Well, the problem is because Heroic made a change. They were also lower on the ranking than they typically uh, yeah. would be. So it probably counted as like losing to a oh, lower, yeah. ra- like okay. a substantially lower ranked team or whatever. Because I think they were ranked 15th or something. You, you see how deep 14th. we had to go, how many layers of, of analysis it we is, had to do to just try it to is just like, it is, it is an unreasonable, like, change obviously but there's also nothing that yeah, yeah. like anybody can really do about it which kind of sucks like it doesn't make sense don't get me wrong <laughs> i'm not gonna defend that okay okay let's let's get into g2 let's get into g2 they like pranogo said they were probably the most forgettable team of the groups in a lot of ways um, so forgettable that that was actually this- mixed point and you forgot so <laughs> oh really <laughs> that mixes point my bad okay mix- <laughs> i'll take credit so Okay, well, off of what Mick said, they were they were a very forgettable team, and um, honestly, I mean, I saw some of the the Navi G two game, and uh, my initial impressions are that their CT side looks good, but their T sides are just horrible. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so like the but, same old as always. <laughs> yeah, but like. <laughs> So nothing's actually changed at all, right? No, um, I actually, no, actually, I think they're um, something. One, okay, one observation I had in that game, I'll kick it off. Is that is that sometimes I kind of feel like Hooksy doesn't maybe calm fast enough. Uh, yep. If you watch how the G, like sometimes the way that people around Hooksy are should be reacting to information to me doesn't seem correct um i think the the most obvious example that i wrote down right when i saw it was on the pistol round of the very first half against navi where pooksy dies to this guy that was okay so it was like a b hit from navi on mirage and this guy got close to window i think it was bit he got close to window like pushed all the way through sight killed hooksy and then Nico somehow thought he could get out of market, even though Bit was holding the the tripwire angle there. Just you know, it was gonna kill anybody that just walked out. And Nico didn't even have right, like proper crosser placement. But like Hooksy should have relayed the message to him that no, Bit is close right on you right now. Like he's close market, right? And and yet Nico just felt shocked. And I was like, in that moment, I I started trying to look out for more cases of this happening and there were a couple times where and it's probably a little bit of confirmation bias but i also i started noticing just like i don't know if everybody is like aware of what hooksy is always feeling like hearing or seeing and i think that's something that i i guess i didn't really even consider this until i watched the match but then i started thinking oh hooksy this is the first time he's playing in english so i think this Ah. is probably a little bit difficult for him could it's be. also just like there just just seems like there's a lot of hesitation at certain points. Like um, I'm not sure if you can bring up a YouTube clip or not, Pernogo, but I could probably uh, wrangle something up. What you got? Yeah. So there is this clip that uh, I think somebody linked in our news chat, and it's just like you can just see that there's not a good amount of coordination between G2 right now. Like there's basically this clip. Like they basically take all of a site. They have smokes down, and then. Hooksy just kind of just sits Tetris oh, with the bomb yeah. for the entire round. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? He just doesn't oh, yeah. move. And I it's saw... just like... I can't. Who's yeah. making the call here? What is what is the call here? It just seems really awkward and disjointed. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is something that 
is just based on nobody calming that they no this is really bad push, this is like, just really this is bad really like, bad yeah yeah this, this is something i i kind of I, like in the moments that so g2 to their credit made this game very close despite the fact that i think on the t side here they got maybe like three or four opening kills like they barely got any um so that that should have probably put them in the dirt right there but there were moments also kind of where they have to convert around where it just was like sloppy and this is the best possible example of that and i yeah. i think god like this is making me eat my words a little bit on I, like i i'll still i'll say this i still stand by the jks move i think jks is is a really yeah. solid piece i think he's better than jacks i think that they're even using him on both t and ct side in positions that make sense for him already but and like i also said this thing about like i think hooksy's style should work for g2 better than it was going to work for alex but the last point in all of this is that Hooksy is so much worse individually than Alex. He's so he's even so much worse than MSL. He is probably in terms of individual ability one of the worst players in tier 1 Counter-Strike at present. Who would you take, I don't who, who would you take as a player, okay? So just not ignoring just ignoring their calling, right? As an yeah. individual player, are you going with Hooksy or Zeus? That's a really rough question. That's a hard question. should have question. never been asked. <laughs> no, it's 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 like equal. It's really just I mean, I, I think maybe Well Hooksy doesn't have a clip where he's on like ten HP and like KZing down a fucking ladder really fast. That then, like, is probably one of the so. goat moves of <laughs> Zeus's life. That is actually an incredible clip. <laughs> the, my other favorite Zeus clip was when he like double entried solo on Inferno and like a major of a UMP. On, like, yeah. Inferno Beast. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, imagine on V site and you're just getting double entry by Hooksy or Zeus. Like you're just like, holy fuck, our site hold is so bad. <laughs> I see right now. I think I would take Zeus, and that is the biggest indictment on Hooksy's entire career. Is that I don't <laughs> think I don't think it. I don't think Hooksy wins that. Sad so, days. Sad days. Yeah. That. So this is going to be a talking point into and and the the worst thing is that i mean of course hooksy has to like feed fuel to this fire of of just that he says i don't think i even have to get touch my mouse and we should win for whatever <laughs> yeah reason. he's like i Come couldn't on, i don't need dude. to frag for six you whatever know, but, is it? like you know we would still win yes. trophies or whatever like <laughs> yeah man see i'm gonna i was gonna say like I'm wait maybe that's why hooks. he didn't move from tetris in that clip because he was like i don't even have to touch my mouse yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah you guys like if i sit here for at least five seconds the bomb automatically drops so you guys can come and get it i can literally literally just call afk and and it'll be like starcraft or something dude so uh, this i was gonna say like i was i mean i'm not even sold on like kooksy yet but i'm not like even as sold on jks as i feel like most people are mm, like, okay like, why is that why is i that? just feel like like especially these first two matches where he seemed kind of rough i don't know like the only thing we've seen from him in the past like year year and a half that was good was like that stand-in phase on on phase um like complexity he just really struggled it felt like he could never get comfortable in a team like this where you know there's like other kind of stars that he has to work around with you know fucking uh nico and monacy and even hunter to an extent and it's like obviously i like i'm sure they're gonna try to give him his freedom but it's still just not the same as when you're playing in like 100 thieves and your teammates are like liaz and gratisfaction you know what i mean like so i don't know i'm still just not sold on jks like actually performing and being like a solid fit in this team We'll see how it goes and like kind of if he gets more comfortable if Hooksy gets more comfortable because this was like their first event uh playing together so obviously sometimes yep. things can take a bit to click but 
I am uh I'm still not like 100% sold on it uh at all. Yeah, he was his you... first time, right? Like his first time with this particular lineup with any of these players to my knowledge, like you were saying, Mick. So, it's like yeah. it's it's tough to expect a lot. Yeah, so what were you about I'll, to say? Mike? I'll sell you I'll sell you JKS for Jax though. I'll I'll sell you it in that context, okay? Because even though Jax, I mean, I'm not Jax. Even though JKS was severely overrated off of what he did at Katowice. He he definitely did not do what Jax did, which is ever since the PGL major, Jax had 1, 2, 3, 11, 12, 13 events. He went positive in one. He went positive KD one time. JKS will go positive in more than one out of 13 events. You can book that. I I guarantee... I don't mind. I, can, I don't mind removing Jax. I'm just not sure if if JKS was like JKS okay. to me just seemed like the obvious big name free agent pickup. Let's get him. You know what right. I mean? Like, That's, and I'm not sure if that was really the if the it was warranted. Right? Like, how? Why yeah, is like, he a big name? Here's the other thing: is that like people keep talking about the Katowice run and they're like not sure whether he was overrated from it or underrated from it or or what was going on, what the nuances were, because obviously it's a different IGL, different system. He's subbing in for different players at different points in the event, and it's very impressive that they managed to win with him. Uh, and you know, it was kind of a close final, even though it was a three zero. If people remember, there's like the immortal Mirage game that just keep kept going on and all that other stuff. Very exciting scenes. It sticks in people's minds. The, I think the thing about JKS is that. I wasn't really, I didn't get any of the communication behind the signing, what G2 want to do with him. Because JKS clearly can be a versatile player, but it needs to be done in the way where it's like a collaboration between him and the rest of the system, as shown by Katowice with FaZe. And if you're going to say that, like, okay, he showed very different kinds of form and he he was able to do different kinds of things on the FaZe lineup compared to his previous teams, that's true. But what are you going to do? What is his role in here? Because like that's a problem is that normally people have more set roles. You kind of know what their tendencies are. You kind of know what they like to do, uh, especially if they're an opera. But also if they're just like a rifler, are, are they going to be more on the supportive side? What is JKS's role here? Because he can do many things, theoretically, at a reasonably high level, um, the, the, we kind of need to know what G2's vision is and what Hooksy's vision is for him and what Xtaz's vision is for him. And I have no idea what they want to do with this guy. Yeah, because so it, it feels, it feels similar to like complexity almost for me, right? Because like when he showing complexity he was replacing i think there might have been like a, a stand-in phase or something but he replaced oboe pretty much right and oboe on complexity yeah. had like a lot of the bitch roles like a lot of like the bitch lurking roles like you know that type of shit right you remember the so hot tub video mix you remember you remember jason lake saying i love when a plan comes together i don't think it was a hot tub it was like a pool or something oh. but he was he was saying like everybody the narrative around that was jks can slot in perfectly and is just an upgrade yeah. like and you know it's what just, I mean? and it's just not the same because you, you just don't have the same amount of freedom that he had on 100 nah, yeah. like i don't know it just it just felt like it didn't really work that well and then it feels like on g2 it's almost like a similar thing it's like we're taking out our guy that plays like all the bitch rolls and fills for us and jacks and then we're gonna put in jks here it's gonna be fucking sick because jks is fucking sick and it's gonna work out and we're gonna win everything and then he just kind of struggles and it's like did jks like, just take jack's positions though uh, i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it's he... a one-to-one I don't think it's no, but it's one still like I'm still just saying like in terms of like how you're adding a player and like replacing them, just in terms of the player that you removed and the player that you added, that's still fucking up like not fucking not necessarily, but it's still very much like changing the like the DNA of the team. Yeah, and it didn't really work for complexity. Yeah. And they did it with JKS, and I I I'm still not sold on it with G2. I my problem yeah. isn't with the JKS edition. I think it's just I don't know how who, like like you were explaining about um how he's going to plug into Xtaz's vision and Hooksy's vision, mm-hmm. like, that's the bigger problem for me. Like, I think JKS could fit this team. I just don't know if Hooksy's the right person to fit 
him into it. Like, I, I don't really have a belief in him as an IGL yet. JKS could be the puzzle piece, but uh, G2 need maybe a different monkey to start slamming it into the hole. Is that what you're trying to say, or what's going on? Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, I don't know. The hooksy I, I thing guess, is sorry, really Alex weird. Is gonna, Alex is going to say something. Like oh, that yeah, off. go ahead. Well, uh, well, I kind of forgot what I was going to say before that, but I think the thing is that with Hooksy right now, he hasn't really actually proven that he can succeed with every roster. Like, he kind of yes. had he had a really rough Copenhagen Flames, uh, I think, a couple years ago, and then he got this new version Copenhagen Flames, and it almost probably... Sh- sort like the loose style that they played i'll say was supported by the fact that they actually weirdly had some very strong individuals even though those guys didn't have that much experience like siphon found a lot for his role nico Dawes carried a lot of ct sides uh yabby was good roy roy suddenly became a star from who god knows like how is that even possible uh as an entry player which is not even what he did back on mad lions like hey he was a, a lot star of... before mad lions I, w- I was looking at that guy before mad lions and i'm just saying really he was like, what team, yeah what team was he on is it tricked <laughs> Or was it? <laughs> uh, I don't even think it was tricks. I couldn't tell you what the team was. Oh. All I know was I, I saw this guy on the top of the HLTV stats, and I looked at his demos, and he was like holding W and just wrecking people. And I was like, I love this oh. guy. <laughs> oh, okay. So he kind of went from W holder to Mad Lions, like a support yeah. player, back to a and then W. He went back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the, so he actually got to fit his natural role again. That's that's good. That for makes Roy, sense. At least. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um. But uh. With yeah, I think. In the moment, in the moments before it, I, I really did look at it, like when I was thinking myself, who would I rather have for G two? I did go back at a handful of demos for Fnatic and for uh, looking at Alex, and I looked at um, the Hooksy stuff for Copenhagen Flames, and I just liked the looseness that and kind of the freedom and how the bigger the big picture would come together very often for Copenhagen Flames because a solo individual would kind of understand the timings and they kind of be able to pinch onto a bomb site very effectively uh without and I, I in a way i think i probably thought hooksy should be responsible for some of this and maybe i gave him more credit in terms of microing individuals for his team because but the thing is that i don't think he's gonna do even if he was microing these guys he's not gonna be able to do that as well for g2 when he's when what I've already identified is that he's having trouble speaking English at a good enough rate or just like instantly coming up with the ideas so that he can tell XYZ player pinch with us now. Like, I don't know if that's there. Well, it's the, it's the immortal Yanko point where about like a good call at the wrong time is horrible, is horrible because like, people will know yeah. that Hooksy, like he's went on podcasts and talk shows before. Like he seems to be able to speak English totally fine. But in the moment when your brain is trained to speak a different language in order to communicate the essence of whatever you're trying to say so that your team can be successful at Counter-Strike, it's a very different experience trying to do that in a, in a language that maybe you speak for PR reasons, for promotional things and for like conversations with you know, not necessarily your best mates that you're working on the team with in your in your past, but just other people in the industry. That's different. Now your your whole life is in English, and and talking with your your fellow countrymen, your fellow team men, rather, uh, your all your teammates. That's also in English too, and so that that is going to take a little bit of time. Okay, okay. So let's just sum it up. Let's sum it all up for G two right now. How about we we give three separate grades? Uh, each of us. We'll do this. We'll do. So what? So mix. How would you rate? How would you grade the hooksy move for for G two for Alexi B? Let's go. Let's go one for one. Let's go one for one, and then you're gonna make a big picture grade also. So, uh, yeah, hooksy mix. What do you What do you think? Uh, 
C plus. Letter, letter. Okay, C plus, C plus. Pranoga, what would you give the hook seat move? D. Oof. Okay. Uh, no. What would you give it? I'd also give it a C plus. I'd say. Yeah, I was gonna give it a C. I was gonna give it a. Uh, I. Yeah, I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C. Actually, you know what? After what I saw in those first games, C minus. Now Ooh, I'm the games don't even it. really like they would. He would have had to. His whole roster would have had to really shock the world and like me, sixteen one people if they if I was gonna change the grade. I still would have. Had let me to put. Do, let me put care. one number, one stat out there that makes me give this a C minus, maybe even D plus. G two played the blast fall, fall groups. Evil Geniuses played the Blast Fall groups. Which team has the better T-side win rate right now? It's uh, Evil Geniuses. <laughs> it's yep. EG. G2 has the worst with 22% win rate on the T-side right now. It's ab- it's it's abysmal. It is horrible. So that's yeah, why... Man. Yeah, I'll downgrade I'm, to a C. You convinced me. Yeah, that, number, that number is really hard to, to go against, huh? EG with a stand-in. Yes. Mind you. <laughs> yep. EG with a stand-in playing against FaZe, by the way. And like they still yeah. were able to get a better T side round win percentage. <laughs> okay. Then let's do the JKS move now. I'll go first since I was last last time. I'll give the JKS move a a solid B. I'll do a B. Okay, uh let's yeah. go backwards. So that's Pernogo? Was that Pernogo? No, that's note next. Okay, no, no, no. I was also gonna say B, so yeah, I'll stick with the B. I'll say B plus just because it seems like there's promise there. It can it can upgrade into an A if it if he works hard. Mm-hmm. You know this roster move can do well. Okay, mix. Uh, B minus. Yeah, you had to be lower because yeah. you were. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we'll do overall rating. Uh, I'll just pick someone around. Uh, Pernogo, who? What's your overall rating for the G two moves? Meh. C, I guess. Average. So 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 C is like a passing grade. So you would you would give them a pass for what they did. Like Oh well if you it, if you're trying to say that like relative to the org and considering the context of what this is supposed to be, no, this is like in the thirties out of a hundred or something. But like oh my just, God, just in terms of like Wait, is this a fail? Are you already are you I'm failing G two just on the roster? I didn't need to see games for this. I knew this wasn't Dude, gonna you, work out this, this way. This is two BO1s that just happened. Yeah, like, I didn't even need to watch those to know this though. Like <laughs> you have to understand, like Hooksy is yeah. not this is not a Munasee. Hooksy is a uh, an older guy compared okay. to Munasee, especially. He's proven himself in the sense that like like you said he had rough times rough stints and then the copenhagen flames roster came to fruition which was a bunch of people who didn't really shock the world until they did right it wasn't like they had a a pre-existing reputation to uphold or some sort of experience where you could count on them and and say that they're gonna you can take that to the bank so hooksy has this unproven roster and he finds success in two majors back to back props to him but like i don't i would never even think to look at this guy to, to lead g2 I know people were saying his yeah. leadership style could theoretically <laughs> yeah. fit them, yeah, but I'm not going to yeah. pick this guy. Like you would need to at least be like in the same ballpark of Alexi B's fragging in order to, for me to consider that. And that's not to say that like fragging is all that matters in an IGL, obviously. It's just that if you're not approaching that, even in a team that is demonstrably going up against lesser competition, competition most time, 
I, how am I supposed to expect you to do well against like Navi and FaZe? You know what I mean? And that's just purely in terms of production. Like, yes, we have a more star-studded roster. Theoretically, they can take up more of that slack, but you still need to be, I need to be able to rely on my IGL who is going to be calling. And a lot of that is based on confidence and reads and intuition. I need to know that he can also click ahead if it appears on his screen, at least to some degree of, of consistency. And I also need to know that he's dealt with personalities that are completely different in a language that is completely different than what he's normally had. So no, Alex would have been way better. Alexi B keeping him would have been way better. I would not have failed either of those moves. This one's an F. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I was, I, for context, I was giving it a C because like, if you just want G2 to be a middle of the pack, like top 15 team, this is great. Great job, Carlos. But no, that's this is supposed to be the number one team in the world. Nobody remembers that, but the amount of money that they put in, this is supposed to be contended yeah. for number one. And this is not it. True. No, that's true. That's you, true. No. No, who do you, you have well, a yeah. do you do you all have an I grade in the US? Do you know what that is? Incomplete. Incomplete. Yeah. Yes. Incomplete. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would give them an I, honestly. Yeah, yeah, a, you didn't even do they've the only work. Played, <laughs> they've only played two VO ones. They haven't done the work yet. Yeah. <laughs> like Hooksy is just entirely incomplete in this roster at the moment. I think A, I would have to see more matches from them to give a give like a more definitive uh or, like, of course, of course. We've only grade. seen two BO ones. Yeah. I think yeah. it's hard to judge right now, but right now, like, like Pernogo said, I didn't like the move of Hook adding Hooksy before it even happened. I was like, this is a very weird, like, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to add an IGL to G2, Hooksy was not the one out of the options you could possibly have. Yep. Um, so until I see something better from them, they're incomplete for me. Like, this, this, they're not, they're borderline failing, but they haven't, yeah. like, they, they have the chance to do some work and work their way up to C plus right now. They can redo the homework that they missed throughout the semester. Yep. The extra credit, they can, credit, they can stay after class. Exactly. They, can, yeah. they can smack the erasers and, and dust the windows and stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they can uh, give chocolates to the teacher in office hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> mix. What what would you do the overall give the overall grade to be? Uh, I'd give it a C plus. I get what they were trying to do oh. with both moves, but yeah. I feel like overall it's just not very uh, inspiring. That's glowing praise compared to the bottom half of the panel. So they are very <laughs> appreciative of your contribution. Mate. Um, like I, I get you get I yeah. get what you guys are going for, but I, I'm not sure that it's gonna I, work out how you expect it. I actually think that the the biggest the the best argument for it being kind of a lower grade because i'm i give it a c because i think of c in like the most typical sense of like it passed it passed mm -hmm. because they it's to me they just needed to do something i was not yes. like tw twist said in that interview you know i wish teams stayed together longer and no yeah. dude, i didn't want to yeah. i did not want to see any more of that roster I'm i get what honest. he's saying with that but i also don't agree if it as much as he probably is like yeah to it where it's like i don't know i feel like at a certain point the chemistry just isn't there it's like you're just not gonna you're just not yeah. gonna reach that level like it, it's just how it is twist is such a weird character to say that because usually the guy that says that is like the shitty bottom fragger support player that's always <laughs> yeah. like we should have just stuck it out if we stuck it out we would have figured out the chemistry you know like it's just it's like never really true sanji virtus yeah. pro should not have made changes <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. The guy's got like 12 kills a game and he's like yeah like we should have just stuck with it and see like <laughs> we could have done so much more we were figuring each we we're still figuring it out like think no. of all the ops i dropped you come on dude think of the memories yeah, we were, we were progressing so much with our team play and <laughs> yeah exactly those like and those, our communication was getting a lot better and i felt like i was really improving <laughs> i love it's that just like, 
There, there were so many other options though. Like, imagine if they added Alex; could be a lot better. So, Obviously, I think yeah. Tabson was is apparently just. Oh, never okay. It was a meme. He owns because yeah. yeah, it yeah. was a meme. But like, because he owns part of Big, like obviously he's not gonna just leave. But like, Tabson would be a banging fucking move for well, that I, team. I, I, I Obviously, almost, yeah, I'm almost ready to put Tabson as like. It, if you have any option in the world, it's almost like who would you want? And like Kerrigan's number one, and Tabson yeah. is probably right there, right? Yeah, like, you you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find an actual IGL that delivers in more ways than Tabson does. But I will say that I almost feel like if, if it were Tabson, there might have been like too much structure coming from him, but. But, like, I think Tapson actually probably puts more structure in because he knows he's playing with certain people as opposed to, yeah. like, if, if Tapson had Nico, I think he would call a slightly different style. Also, think, what if they had Magus? That's my, like, hypothetical. Magus has an IGL? I have an IGL. Oh, my God. Actually, that would be pretty pretty god tier because he plays a lot of those spots that yeah. they would need, too. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that, there's not many. That's less wow. of a risk than Hooksy, so. It's actually <laughs> less of a res. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. I was waiting for Snappy to be touted. I was waiting for like, you know, if you're going to think yeah. about r- rosters that are obviously currently ranked above them or whatever, but considering like the, the again, the prestige of the org and the fact that G2 has Nico and Hunter and Monacy, like these sort of star trio that you're ready to, you're you're salivating just hearing that if you're an IGL and you want to use Prestige of the right. org that hasn't won a title in four years though. Like, well, prestige God is more like G2. the, the amount money of money. money no, no, I know, spend. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean, but I'm just like, God, yeah. Damn, how are you guys not going to win a title for four years with the amount of money you spend yeah. and the kind of players you have signed? It's just absurd. Yeah. Well, at some yeah. point, it's you do crazy. have to say management has failed. And I don't know if it's too early on the Xtaz experiment. I feel like, I don't know, like the whole thing between Xtaz and XCB when they came over is like, what even happened there? I hope we get some information about that at some point. Yeah. Because I would be really curious to know why that particular pairing failed. And I'd also be curious yeah. to know, like, I don't know. I haven't gone back and looked at the previous ro- roster or whatever, but I feel like with Xtaz behind them coaching, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem to have changed that much. But maybe that's just because I'm uh, associating the changes that were there with the IGL change. Like it's hard to know when you change both of them. But anyway, the the point I was making is just that like if you were gonna pick up IGLs from teams that are not going to spend as much money as G two, I would have gone for Snappy first. I, w- I mean, if we're going to talk about ro- somebody brings up Hooksy in this argument, I'd be like, no, dude, there's like four other teams I would look at before then. And and I would include Dexter from Mouse. Like, I don't even think he's really that great. But somebody like that who at least has a track record of working with an international roster. You know, give me give me somebody like that. Give me somebody like that who can at least sneak an IEM Cologne top four or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, give me something so that I can I can know that we have a chance to win titles for the first time in four plus right. years. Yeah, and Dexter's kid could even be friends with Monacy and they'd be there able you to go. Get along. Yeah. Yeah, Dexter's got. Fuck this! Got I'm changing my grade. I'm giving Hooks the Hooksy move an A plus. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> okay, that's just, why. That's unreasonable. You have to just. You, yeah, you, you have, have to, to give us some, something for as to uh, why you would say that. Because I'm gonna look like a genius when they start winning. <laughs> Well, that's so unreasonable. <laughs> that's so. Unreasonable. I mean, I mean, I, I, I do think that a lot of people will off of their initial impressions from this first week of Blast, which is literally just BO1s after a player break, yep. we're, yes. we are making a lot of assumptions and we're, we're jumping to conclusions very quickly. But like, that's kind of the point of this. But we're you also know, basing that, it on what we saw, not on yeah. what we think will happen. Yeah. And just remember, yeah. anything is possible, because just as an aside, I was looking at the rankings again, and I just noticed that not only is Mal's fifth, but Movie Star Riders is sixth. 
and they aren't yeah. even with their opera. Yeah. You know what and, tells yeah. me about this ranking? Are you tell thing? me that complexity can't be top ten? They'll be top five by the end of the year. <laughs> what oh tells me the most about that? I don't know how Movie Star didn't fall off. Yeah, more. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was confused by that too. Sure how that happened? Exactly. I mean, when you get the the like the write-ups for the RMR qualifiers and stuff, and it's like another upset is the top five ranked team of the world was kicked out or whatever. It's like it's fucking mouse sports. What do you mean? <laughs> like it's not really that big of an upset, is it? You can't just say top five. Like using that as a way to explain why it's such an upset is just whack. It's so okay, whack. hold on. I have a question. Do you think that G two makes it past big in the gauntlet bracket? Like. Oh no! Uh, Actually, no. Uh, I also don't think they they beat them. Nah, I think think Big are just much more complete as a team right now, and uh, think that they kind of, in a way, I I I feel like they're just gonna be better. I think they're just better right now. Like yeah. I think G two, if this match happened, if this match happened in like a month, I think I would probably favor G two. But yeah, today or this match is happening tomorrow, right? Or in twenty two yes. hours? Yes. So okay, yeah, I I think that this. I think Big's better today. So, yeah. That's, yeah, I that's agree. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. okay. Well, we got one more team that made moves, and I saved them for last because I kind of felt like we just have a pretty similar opinion. Uh, that's Vitality dropping Masuda. We saw them with Sphinx now. They should have probably won their game against Astralis uh, to close out that group. But they they didn't. And, but let's just let's just talk about what we saw so far with the Sphinx move. Um, and, well, actually, does anybody have anything interesting, or should I just sum this up quickly and then we move on? I think I'm fine with you summing it up. I will I, say I don't think it solves their problems, but I already talked sure. about that on the off angle, so maybe it's not worth okay. regurgitating. I would say it's uh, looking rough for them because they lost to a team that's lost in three open qualifiers now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh that's that's a that's an angle so based on like so yeah. based on like you know how things actually work that means vitality is like worse than los boyos hermanos yeah, yeah. <laughs> worse than gustavo no. fring dude i yeah. i think I the change was good for them to be honest yeah i think i liked seeing them in this in this group yeah. at least yeah yeah i i mean the way i've been putting this on everything i've been talking on lately is just that even though strategically, tactically speaking, there are probably some holes that still need to be filled or like things that need to be ironed out between yeah. Magisk uh, slash Dupree and then the French side of things, putting a significantly better player into basically every position that was occupied by bottom fragger, second worst fragger on the team, because I guess you would say Apex is a worse fragger than Masuda was sometimes, but yeah, for, only sometimes. for them to just, for them to just get like a player that's probably their second best now out the gates, uh, to just occupy roles that was occupied by the second worst, then you're just, it's just an upgrade. And like, that's how Counter-Strike works, where if you just put a better player in, you're going to be better. Like that's, it doesn't need to be the most complex and elegant solution. Sometimes it's just make the right signing and get ROPs for Olaf Meister. Like it's going to be better. And it was, and then the same thing is here with Spinks for Masuda. It's just flat out better. I, I can't really see this getting like worse for them. And I would say that right now, like the boldest thing I can say about this is that vitality for me are safely a top five team. Uh, like you look at who else is in the top five and they're one point away 
from Movistar writers. They're two points away from Mao's. And I'm not talking about ranking. I'm talking about literally the way HLTV has ranking <laughs> points. Yeah, yeah. And they are actually just two points away from tying Mao's. And Mao's, that Mao's run was still, again, the most fraudulent thing ever, whereas Vitality could consistently make it to playoffs now, I, I'd say. Yes. I'd, be sh- yeah. I'd be shocked if Vitality for the rest of the year doesn't make it to over half of the playoffs in tournaments that they're they're in. That's like Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I that, that's something that you like you can't have insane haterism even though I like to take contrarian positions. It's not like okay, I, I said it wouldn't fix their issues because I think their underlying issues are more team chem and uh, coordination and stuff, but and communication of course too because of the whole international move. But I also think that maybe that'll smooth out with time. This Sphinx roster is in indefinitely an upgrade, upgrade, right? So, like, inarguably. Um, yeah. The one thing is I don't know if they win trophies off of this move, but they definitely look a lot better, poised a lot better to, to do that now, so. Their EPL group is also, like, kind of weak. Like, there's Navi, obviously, but then you have Nip, Vitality, Fnatic, Spirit, Endpoint. So I think they make playoffs there, too. Like, they should, yeah. You know, yeah. They're going to they're, they're sure. make playoffs there. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Heroic? <laughs> well... We could kind of talk about heroic winning plus like, yeah, I mean, we, they did move Yabby around. I don't, I I don't think we've said too much about that yet. Um, okay. Well, like, yeah, they won their group. Does anybody want to take the lead on this one for what they saw about the, them? I mean, they beat FaZe, so. Yeah. The, the win against FaZe is actually really like, I was impressed watching them play because they made FaZe look uncomfortable for the entire map, basically like. They weren't letting them get map control. Shush and Stavin were kind of fragging out. Yabi was like 17 and something in the first half, just kind of owning them. Yeah. But they, yeah, like, FaZe kept trying to grab, like, top bracket control, and they just got pushed back every time. It was like, or if they made it through into our side, they just got owned. And every time that the, once Heroic was on the T side, like, they made FaZe talk into the A side so much. Like, the there was basically no... Like, it it was almost like, uh, phase. I think even Kerrigan said in the interview actually, like they couldn't win gun rounds that map. Like they basically won a couple of ecos, and yep. then like a few gun rounds, and that was kind of it. Like they couldn't get much going. Yeah, that's that's something I noted too. That uh, actually, I didn't I didn't actually see that interview with him, but that's basically what I what I thought about that game is that when you look back actually at the economy rounds for them i i'm pretty sure t side they won the first three rounds and then every round that phase one after that you if you look at that hltv timeline it was like yeah um like a half by round like half by rounds or worse is is where they were actually winning on t which is just kind of like just kind of screams of inconsistency but usually high skill players and that's basically uh that's that's kind of like in some ways like phase could probably relax a bit more after the player break than other teams because there's not really any reason to come in after the player break with that fire but i mean that's that's me making an excuse for them because otherwise yeah heroic played them tactically speaking they were just stronger for for sure so yeah anybody else i mean yeah what do you guys think think? what do you guys like this is just business as usual for heroic as far as i'm concerned they have some a couple of matches early in a tournament or in some group stage or something they take down a big scalp they you know i didn't watch the after game celebration but i'm sure kadian had a pop-off as usual and then and then that's it like then they they sort of regress to the mean turn back into a pumpkin and in playoffs like they did against navi in like the crucial moment back at the last couple made you know it's just like at, at what point do you 
do you start to say like, okay, these teams, when they're really put up against the big game, against the big team, that's when they still have yet to prove me. Like, it's kind of crazy because we've been out of the online era for a long time, but Heroic have never really lost their onliner status. If you translate onliner to it doesn't bring everything in the big game. You know what I mean? And that's, I don't know the Yabby move solves that because he's also an inexperienced kid relative to the rest of the roster and his own achievements kind of also had the similar syndrome. So I don't know. Like, that's just my take is I don't really think this team is destined for top four necessarily. You know what I mean? Ooh, I was going to say, actually, I think this team is like the most, in terms of current HLTV standing, they have prob they're probably going to gain the most um, yeah. in, near in yep. the near future. Uh, they're currently 13th. Like, I'll push, I'll just put them probably, like, I think they're going to be a, I'll say top six, because you said six. I'll say they're a top six team. I think, like, the other teams that I would have there are the already three teams occupying there, like Cloud9, FaZe, and um, Navi. And then I'd probably have Vitality in the top five, top six, Heroic in the top six. And I don't even know who my other top six team really is right now. Um, probably Ents. I would say they look pretty solid despite the re fact that they lost Sphinx. Well, I, I can't really say when they change two players right now. Yeah. Um, well, like, I, have I, enough, I, I have enough faith in Snappy and, and in the rest of the players, the fact that they've, I think you've can, you can argue they made an upgrade over their opera and uh, obviously they, they had to like make do with the Sphinx loss, but Valde is not a slouch either. So true. That's true. But I, I don't think Ence is going to get back to the top five. I don't think they're going to get back to the top five. Four. I, I think I, I, I just think like Sphinx is a really big loss like he was a he's probably he's like a top 10 player this year so far at the very least and I think that's really hard to like that's a really tough kind of person to lose even if you're replacing them with Valde who mm -hmm. is going to be playing like more fragging roles from what Snappy said like he's not going to be playing the same kind of passive play like roles he's been playing recently um, yeah I think there was an interview with Snappy. I don't know where. I think it was on HLTV, but he said that like he's going to put him more in the kind of roles that he was in when they played together four to five years ago. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to necessitate some changes for the Ents camp, but it should. I think like it'll definitely. It would be really weird if after all it was said and done, like it wasn't a top ten roster. In my opinion, anyway, I just feel like this, like the core and the IGL and the leadership there seems to be really sound and. Snappy's done this with a number of players so far that like he's not on the Kerrigan level. But if you think about like the snacks stand in, if you think about like how many other players he's dealt with in an international roster, he's not a million miles away from that status either in terms of like the skill set of the IGL. Also helps that they're both Danish. So Yeah. Um Okay. I think that's a pretty good there's pretty good coverage of heroic right there. Let's talk about then who do we who do we still got? Um there is Navi after the fact that they didn't play with Simple. I don't know if we really have any thoughts on them, though, because of the fact no, that, that they were playing. that was pretty temporary. I mean, he'll be back yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. What did you guys think? How about really quickly, what do you guys think of Hedrick? Do you guys think he has a uh, promising future? Well, with the infrastructure of Navi, with Blade specifically, I think it's really hard yeah. to go wrong. Uh, but, he, of yeah. course, the coach did say, he came out with an, I think it was an HLTB interview saying, you know, yeah. Hedrick's not necessarily cut out for this right now. He needs some more time in the oven to sort of 
grow and develop as a player. Uh, but I think this isn't the first time Hedrick's gotten some showtime with the main roster, if I'm not mistaken. I think there was a point where I he, had he subbed in. in for electronic at some point. Or yeah, something? there was something like that yeah. where he was subbing in for he one did. of the riflers. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, he must be the preferred sort of like next in line to take the throne, I guess, in terms of not for, not for simple, but for in general, for like being able yeah. to say that, oh, this guy's the next one who could, who could be a bit or a perfecto to some degree or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give some... Way, CIS ops, you lose Monacy, and then you just bring up the next guy. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Yeah, Something considering... That... Yeah, I can go. Well, well, yeah, I'll give context to Hedrick, because I've been watching him in the Academy League for a while now, and okay. something that needs to be noted is that... Um, so there's been five seasons of the Academy League. First season, he was actually a substitute for Navi Jr., where he was actually only playing Vertigo for them, which was kind of weird, because he was like their best like second best player on that map like Monacy was their best player in season one but then Hedrick was like really good but they only used him on Vertigo because they were doing some six-man lineup BS then I think season two moving forward to like season season two three four he was basically their no 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 Monacy was still on season two but like he was basically their best player if Monacy wasn't playing for all of those seasons like by a large margin like he was considerably better than everybody else on the team and then season five, he actually switched to the op this season because they got rid of, I think, Laddick, who was like, I don't know. He had, he had like, I mean, for all you need to know about Laddick is that he looked like a warlock because he tried bleaching his hair, but he messed up. And when you mess up bleaching your hair, you can just like look like your hair is completely fried. And so, like, they just, I mean, that's what he did. That's what he did. That's like, if you, if you know hair, hair treatments, like that's where he was at with those things. But, but yeah, he just started opping this season. And again, he was like by far the best player on the team. So he was not really even an opper by nature. And for him to be just subbing in for simple right here kind of just fortunate that he just started opping because if he hadn't this would have been a bit rougher for him but like it shows that he's actually a pretty strong player because he performed admirably very very well actually for uh for navi in the in these games i i mean yeah well they were still I able mean, to come also, out you know what i mean so it, it worked out for him i was here thinking you were gonna like explain what type of opera Laddick was and had trick replacing him and then you're like <laughs> he looks like a warlock I'm like, okay, sure. actually he just <laughs> is a sorcerer and he casts spells that's all he does it's Valorant. Um, yeah. yeah, as a stand-in, he was all right. I mean, like, obviously you're replacing Simple, so it's you're never going to have the same kind of performance or level as him, but yeah. I think what Blade said in the interview was kind of insightful in the sense that, like, I do like that Blade is not, like, he doesn't really bury the lead at all, and he's not trying to, like, yeah. mm-hmm. be PR about anything. Like, he is just very honest, and saying that he, like, his decisions in-game were basically, like, not up to level yet he like doesn't react the way you are supposed to it at a pro level but that comes with experience so i think like it is good like i do like the way navi has their system set up so that they if, if they ever do need a stand-in there's always like one person who's kind of like hand-picked out of the junior lineup to kind of step in if they ever need it like it was a bit before obviously so i think like having that on the back burner is kind of helpful for them but i don't know um yeah, I don't know how well. Uh, how sorry, I don't know how many opportunities he's gonna have to stand in unless like Simple takes a longer break in the future or something like that. But I don't see like any of the other players really stepping back right now. Yeah, but yeah, I guess you never really know. Like it's just yeah. something could happen and someone might leave. Like he would be a really great slot for uh, like a. I wouldn't say Perfecto. Actually, I would say 
Who? What role would he play? Actually, you know what's weird is that he would actually do very well if he played like um, SDY's roles or... Right. Uh, yeah. But probably not Perfecto. He's not really that support, that passive, but like just a little bit more aggressive, which is more SDY's alley. Uh, okay. Did you guys want to talk about any other teams in Blast? I'm I'm kind of ready to, to move on, but if you guys want to... We got some Patreon any... questions to do. We got some stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty good to move on to. How about we yeah, because actually usually I want these to be under two hours. Do you want to hit should we do Patreon? Uh no, but, but the little news things that I have written down are shouldn't oh, yeah. be too long. So we yeah. can we'll we'll get those out and then we'll just do Patreon questions and finish the show out like normal. So um yeah, let's do so RMR locations. Uh I didn't think this was that I mean, I thought this was, like, kind of frustrating, is that, well, like, the Malta thing for EU was uh, pretty expected, because that's where they're doing Pro League. Like, that's yeah. nothing too crazy. But then the one that Moses got upset about earlier today is that for the Americas RMR, it's going to be in Sweden. So that means they're going to be flying everybody from Brazil and from America out to uh, all the way to Sweden, which is a little bit weird. But then there was kind of some back and forth about why that was probably the case, because actually getting a visa to America is pretty hard for even yeah. probably Brazilians. So but like, do you guys have any opinions on the fact that the America's RMR is in Sweden? I don't Not know really. enough about like why it is in Sweden and like what the reasons kind of are and like the pros and cons to like really have a strong opinion about it. So, OK, that's that's a very like wise way to put it that <laughs> I just don't have anything to say then just, like, you know like, I mean, it's pretty easy to say like why the fuck isn't in america but it's like i'm there must be like some reason like, i i can understand not hosting it in the u.s just because it is hard to get visas in brazil like uh, i think one of the argentinian players or a coaches or something like someone from one of the argentinian teams was like yeah argentina isn't even issuing visas right now so uh, you can't even like necessarily get into the u.s at all uh I don't know why, like, the question isn't why they didn't host it in the U.S., it's why they didn't host it in Brazil. For oh, me, Brazil... like, that's, that's the main question. Like, the majors in Brazil already, why are you moving, like, everyone from the Americas to the U.S. instead of having it in Brazil? Also, like, so the majority was... of teams qualified right now are from Brazil anyway. Yeah, so, I, I'll say, I feel like the, some people were suggesting, the suggestions I saw were... LA studio, but that just, I mean, that just is invalidated by the fact that people can't get into America. Yes. Then people were saying Mexico, but I was like, you can't just throw out a country and just be yeah. like, that's cool. Like, that just also kind of makes very, like, I don't really, ESL has no infrastructure in Mexico. <laughs> like, yeah. they'd have to, they'd have to basically put a whole tournament together just for that. And for Brazil, that definitely is probably the most reasonable option since people are going to have to go there anyways. So get it figured out now if you got to go to Brazil, like have a passport. And with Sweden, I just, I mean, they have infrastructure. They have stuff set up already yeah. there. They're, they're going to be able to like host them and house them. But, uh, but it is far and it is like, but like, okay, how about this? Was this an overreaction from community members to, to even get upset that it's going to be in Sweden? Like, should, should we? Should we be mad? 
Like now if you're this now was pol- like really police early their on, emotions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if this was really early on, I think like in the lifespan of of NA sort of shifting years and and basically fading out in terms of overall relevance, maybe I'd be a little bit more understandable. But at this point, like CS lives in Europe for now, and hopefully it becomes more global as Valve starts to seemingly you know do more things behind the scenes and globally with like their rank update that they did recently. They they're trying to show a little bit of love to the game. It seems like so. Hopefully that's all well and good. But for now, it's like yeah, I mean EU is the hub, right? And so I, I wouldn't. I'm not even really surprised by by it. I guess like I didn't think about it. You'd think America's RMR would be in America. Or one one of the Americas, and you think maybe you could do like an event in Canada or something if there's like less rules there. But if if the issue is that we can like logistically, this is the best area to do it because it has has the least number of sacrifices. Yeah, whatever you need to do to get the tournament running is what you need to do. So I mean, you can't blame you can blame ESL for a lot of things. You can't blame them for literally like some country yeah. not issuing visas. You know what I mean? So it is a weird. So I just linked a response from. Uh, the flying DJ, but it's kind of weird because he dodges Richard's question because Richard asked oh, him, that's please always... go on public record why yeah. you didn't have the Americas RMR in Brazil and he's like, I have another comment. Original key plan covering regions and he's like, America, US, like that's not an answer to the question though. Like, no, why well, did think, you not think, have think, it in Brazil? I think how he's understanding the question what Richard is saying is like, why didn't you go from the US to a Brazil minor, or not minor, but fucking uh, RMR. RMR. Yeah. And, yeah. and what, how he's understanding the question is like, well, Richard's saying, like, why didn't you have it from Brazil in the first place, I think? Yes. Like, in terms of the Americas, while uh, Flying DJ understands this, like, he's asking, why didn't you go from having it in the U.S., like, your original plan to Brazil is, like, the best. But the, I feel like that question is pretty clear. Like, there's no interpretation. Like, it does seem like he's trying to understand it in a different way. Like, it's not about why it wasn't hosted in the U.S. It's why it was not hosted in Brazil. Like, I guess. Like the visa issues and going to the U.S. have been a problem for a while, like for yeah. for South American teams. It's not a new thing, so I don't know. Like it just seems a little short sighted, and it also just feels weird. Like I don't think it's a problem hosting it in Stockholm. I think that's a fine solution given the fact that they have infrastructure there. It is like an answer as to why it wasn't in Brazil would be nice, though. Like that would like a proper answer as to why that wasn't done would make sense. Because you have, like, if you look at the team list for the event, it's mostly Brazilian teams. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, okay. Um, I think we've covered that. I think we're in a decent agreement on on this also. This being, like, a kind of an issue, non-issue, but, like, not getting full clarity is a little bit frustrating. So let's talk about the only... So the only other team I really wrote down for, for... because I just feel like we're probably not going to talk about it for a while. So let's just give our impressions. Because like, like, I'll put it like this. There's been a couple other roster moves with European teams. But I think we're going to see them soon enough that we could just kind of get there when we get there. This is a team that I don't think we're going to ever really watch a tournament for until maybe the RMRs. Which is Imperial. And I wanted to talk about Cello. Uh, basically because this affects two teams which have been in the top 30 for a while now. That's MIBR and Imperial. Because... MIBR are losing their in-game leader in Cello. MIBR are finally getting rid of the bottom fragger in FNX, and they're moving FNX to a trifecta role. He's like content creator, brand promoter. Like he's gonna coach. He's gonna be a coach. He's gonna give everybody back rubs. He's gonna be actually a licensed masseuse. No major. No FNX. Some way. 
Well, I just well, can't. What one, I can't believe is that he like when it's announced, it's like our new coach slash content creator. It's like these two things are so different. <laughs> <laughs> what do know, you I mean? Know. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I yeah, think not, um, not from from the announcement video, so it was obviously in Portuguese, so I had it translated by some of the Dust 2 BR guys. Um, from what FNX says in that video, he is going to be coaching for the Americas, RMR, and the Rio Major if they qualify. He doesn't really specify whether he's coaching like outside of that, though. Oh, so, like, yeah, I do whether, remember reading whether this, he's. Yeah. Whether he's coaching uh, in Melbourne for ESL Challenger or if he's coaching for like their subsequent events after the major, it's not really clear. Surely they find more value in just making him a streamer, honestly. Like what he's going to provide yeah. just going to Melbourne is probably pretty low. In fact, he might even be a distraction. And what he does as a content creator. Hey guys, I'm is not he gets... playing today. You guys want to go to the club? Yeah. yeah yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he just like, he just goads everybody into like drinking the night before or something like that. Yeah. He's like, hey. Well, you have no proof. And even if you did, well, there's the kanji. There's the. <laughs> the yeah, prove it or what? Um, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe. What was the. There was like. Um, was it Cloud9? There was some some team was like like wrote that as a response. It might have even been the Immortals like PR guy or something. Like right yeah, after yeah. that happened, they like they were trying to meme on it, and then the, the it person was Portillo who wrote it for Immortals and then got fired. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, the person no longer works working here. for Cloud9. <laughs> That's Jesus. yeah. So this is okay, good. good one. Okay, how about how about we we talk about this from the uh, what? Well, I, I actually Imperial Imperial when they get cello. How much of an improvement do you think this is for them? Like, large. Yeah, large. Okay. Like A, A plus move. It's probably going to be a pretty good move. I still just don't understand why this team exists. Like, I know why, really. Cynically, I know why. But, like, this whole idea is that it's the last dance. This dance has gone on quite a while now. So, what is My going on? My guess is it's the hours. last dance. My guess is it's the last dance for, like, this Brazil major, and then they will... Go there separately. I get, that listen, could be as, fitting. As soon as, That's uh, kind of the vibe listen, I got. As, as soon as Fallen and Cold were not playing together, it was not. It yeah. was no longer a real last yeah. dance. The name just kind of stuck because. Yeah. You know, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> the last dance without Michael Jordan definitely. Yeah. Makes sense for sure. <laughs> Huge right. dance. Huge. It's like it's like the, it's like the entire like Bulls team like got back together. <laughs> Michael Jordan is the man. <laughs> 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 They're just playing in rec centers with like the star players just pipping or something. It's like, what are we even watching? <laughs> this is nothing like we're used to. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, th I think it's actually a pretty good improvement for uh, for Imperial. How about though on the M MIBR side? Like, um, they got so they got Henny, they got Henny, and then they basically made Br Enizan into I think a, I, I mean I'm just assuming he's the rifler now. So yeah. is that actually how you pronounce that guy's name? Because that's one of like the hardest e names to pronounce. I feel like just looking at it's, it. It's like B at a Enizan. That's how I've been oh, okay. saying it since like the showdown back when he first played at Blast, and they they literally sent us a voice message, and they like say B at a Enizan, and then I was like, okay, I'll try that, and then I I don't find it too hard, but I'm saying it more like in because I learned Spanish and I learned like the Mexican version of Spanish, so like I pronounce like these words just these consonants like i would for spanish that i was taught in america so maybe it's like 
I don't know, like, I don't know if they say every letter the same in Portuguese yeah, or Brazilian they don't. Portuguese. I, I was so. on Gallus' stream watching one of the SA qualifier matches, and the way he pronounced KNG, I was like, oh, is that how you're <laughs> supposed to say it? I was like, oh shit, okay. Uh, I like, just assumed it was supposed to be Kanage or something, I don't oh, know. No. It was like, it, like oh. each letter was pronounced, but it was pronounced like very differently. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, maybe yeah. that's how you're supposed to say it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think, okay, well, I'll just give my take on on the MIBR thing. I think they actually don't lose as much, even though people might think like, oh, it's their IGL, they're going to lose so much. Like, honestly, this team was not very good, tactically speaking, when Cello was the in-game leader. Uh, I thought that was like yeah. the biggest drop-off once they lost I Woody. Yeah. Oh, okay. So once they lost Woody, so yeah, like, Woody, Woody was like actually a decent IGL, despite the fact that he was kind of a bot when it came to opping. So yeah. that they're they lost more from that than this. And now that yeah. they just kind of improve firepower, well, actually, that's kind of like where this is not great for them because Cello as an individual probably better than BRN. Um, yeah. So that's. That, yeah, they're, 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 this is a bit of an L for them, but I haven't really seen them play with Henny yet, so they could. They're not be... bad with Henny. Like they're okay. they're pretty decent. I mean, Henny's obviously always going to be pretty decent. He hasn't been playing as well as he used to for sure, but he's still performing decently. Cool. Do you guys I think the, think... the bigger the bigger question marks for me on this team is like seeing Turtle and Jota play, but Jota is now IGLing for them, I think. But yeah, I think Turtle's that. supposed to be like the next big prospect from brazil yeah. i mean there's so many big prospects from brazil but i think like turtles supposed to be one of the really big ones um, yeah but i don't yeah. even i don't know i think like other teams have more potential than mrbr do right now yeah. like like luca zoe is really good on that new flexo team but the team themselves are like struggling a bunch i don't know if you watched any of their essay qualifier matches but like they they're decent but then like Phelps either owns people or he like gets no kills. Like he was really struggling on the mm. vertigo they played. He was like chucking himself down ramp so much and dying. Like he was getting entered a lot. Oh. But then Lukazui just like gets multi kills all the time. So he's like he'll be fun to watch in inside the other events, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh all right, you guys ready to move on to Patreon questions? We just have uh we have three. We, we have got three. the three, yeah. They're all ready, so if you want to queue them up here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Patreon questions. Shout out to the patron supporters. There, We have quite a few patron supporters now, which has been fantastic. You guys are great. But just, just make sure to get your questions in, guys. That's all I can really say. Like, you guys are doing a lot for us. But uh, if you want to be part of the show in a more interactive way, be sure to submit them via Patreon. And many of you guys have in the past, so I know you guys know how to do it. I'm not going to tell you how. But we still got... Some of the usuals who are coming in here, we have Spruce Moose. He's going to be the first question. Asked this a few weeks ago, actually, and he said, Who is the second best player of 2022 so far? This is a tough one. That is um, a tough one. Dude, that's a really re tough one. It's like, no one's really taken that and just like, you know, like grasped it this year, I feel like. like yeah. The past couple of years, it's been obviously like the past... I don't know, like two or three years, it's just been, you know, Zivu and Simple at the top two. Zivu mm -hmm. hasn't really been there this year. Right. So and then you like, could usually just also even say Nico is a third answer, like, yeah, or I mean, like, another guy, yeah. but he, he's not really there either. Nico's not been there this year. No. no not yet. I, no, he's not. He's not there. It's like, the only one from FaZe I would too, really, right? so. yeah. The only one from FaZe I'd really put up there contesting is Brokey. If you want to talk about, like, team accomplishments combined with stats. 
Yeah, but Twist has play. been playing better in the last their, last of their couple of their tournaments. I think Brock so has I don't been even better know overall like, this year. He has, but I don't know if he's like even a top ten player. I mean, maybe he's top ten, but not. I don't think he's in the top. Yeah, he's definitely top ten, but I don't think he's like in the top three or four. When I was looking at it, if I had to really choose a number two for this year, I might go with my boy Axel. I feel like he's still been really fucking good. Oh, I feel like they just haven't played that many games compared to some of the other problems. They're not a partner team, so they don't get in all the blast stuff always. And that's that's crazy considering their new organization, by the way. I'm surprised that didn't change up. But also, I assume it's the fact that it's new. I don't know. Yeah. Jack is is trying for the record. Like he's well, not trying, but Mm -hmm. he told me when I interviewed him at Dallas that he was going to like. He hasn't had enough time to like talk to organizers yet, but he's gonna talk to ESL about like trying to get into the Luber agreement and trying to get into lots and whatnot. Yeah. I wanna throw out a name for my second best player that I don't think is too crazy, but I think the narrative has greatly shifted about this player in the last few months, and that's Blame F. Uh he hmm. because in the beginning of the year when Astralis were struggling. He was still putting up insane numbers, but because he just kind of has the playstyle that he has, it was the bait F was the just what everybody said, probably up until April or so. And probably actually because of their disappointing finish at the major. Also, it was kind of hard to really keep keep them there. So it, that's why it's also very difficult here, because if, if Astralis were a team that made it to the playoffs of the major, even just top eight. It, I feel like it'd be so easy to put Blame F as the second best player, but because they had such a disappointing major, um, it's it's tough. But like then you look at some of the other results that Astralis had throughout the year, like like Cologne, for example, and the fact that they came uh, top, you know, just top top four at that event. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess they haven't really done everything. Like they made playoffs at Pro League, so that was kind of nice for them. They were one map away from making Cato playoffs. Like it's it's again it's just think, tough. Yeah. It's just I don't tough. Think Blame F would be a bad fit because also like yeah. I think I said this before, but like I felt like Blame F almost became like almost underrated in a way because everyone just is like there was just like this like narrative that like all he does is bait and none of his frags have like any impact at all. And I was just like, well, that's fucking ridiculous when you're putting up like numbers like Blame F does. And that's... also, if you go to like his like opening kill attempts like obviously that doesn't tell the whole story but it's not like he's at like fucking five percent like you know like not doing anything you know what i mean like he's at a pretty decent number along with his teammates in terms of like his opening kill percentage and, like i mean i'll just makes. i'll just name two spots where it's like impossible for him to have no impact on and that's that's on ancient because he's their cave guy so like that's pretty much one of the most if not most important positions on the map yeah that's yeah and, i would say that's the most important position on your t side yeah, so and he does it on both halves. He does it on both yeah. sides. Yeah, it. it would so be like, like drop or or whatever on the train you on know cobble I mean? or on cobble. Yeah. Or, or oh yeah, oh yeah, on, yeah. on yeah, either cobble. train or cobble. Yeah, no, I think actually. yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, and then I think like, taking cave like that is like 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 yeah. I think you were about to say is like taking banana on inferno like. And he and he plays banana inferno t side. He actually is the guy that is running up first a lot. Um, it reminds so, me of Nico on like the last year's G two, where he would always be sticking it out in in that side or somewhere in mid on Inferno T yeah. side. Like just if Blame F was truly baiting on Ancient, he'd be playing like fucking A on T side, <laughs> and he would just be sitting yeah. there holding the fucking stairs the entire half, and then getting late kills. And then on like Inferno, <laughs> yeah. he would be Halls, just like killing people as they rotate and just not doing anything. Like I'll be honest, Halls is just like 
a stat patterns paradise. I feel like that is the easiest shit ever. When I watch when I watch demos of people that take halls now, I'm just like not impressed by anything anybody does anymore. Like everything looks so easy and like because it, your role, first of all, clearing halls as a T side player is just so freaking easy. Like it's you can spam everything before and you can basically like ride I you ride IP until you get to the top of the stairs and then you can actually just like use any utility you want or just shoot through the wall at them. Like it's so there's so many options you have and and usually like people don't people don't give up free kills at, at apps unless they're very unfamiliar with the position. Um so that's why I probably put blame as mine. But anybody else have a another shout out on on who could be second best? I think oh. it would have to be like Vi Spinks carrying Vitality to like cut, continue his momentum, but it would still, it's not there yet. I think the biggest problem is that wait everything till, uh, here is. What? I was just going to say, just wait till you see OC's second they, half of yeah, the year. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's <laughs> like everything is shambolic still. Like we talked about the rankings being weird for teams. I think it's the same thing for like you would have to take a slice of the year and say at this point, this guy's performing really well. But I don't think anybody's had consistency yet, you know, for number no, two anyway. Just, not really, Not but really. even Zewu hasn't been mega consistent to yeah, yeah. far and away be the second player or something. So it's actually right. kind of hard to make a call. Yeah, it, it is. It's um, okay. Let's go on to the next question. First sock says, would you add cash to the ESCA face it pug map pool? Is there another map you'd consider adding? So I don't. I don't know what's in the map pool. Let me see what's in the map pool. I don't really pug, so you can add I anything. Thought... Really <laughs> I thought cash was already in face it, but is that not the case? Did they remove it? I, I don't, don't think it is. I don't think it, it is. It was added actually. when the remake came out, like when FMPON first had the yeah. remake. And I think it was there for a long time, but I didn't know it was removed. So. Let me see what's on face it. I mean, personally, I don't like the cash remake, so... I haven't I really no. been able to figure out why people don't like it, though. Like, what is what is it about the new one that bothers you? Like, I, I guess like the only the color thing that they... on it. Okay, well. and I also feel like it doesn't really play any different than it did before. Is that a like... critique? Did you not like the old cash? Because that's a, that's a confusing um, thing. Is everybody here? Everybody that just... tells me about cash and how they don't like the new version. I just like... don't think it would work in the current meta. Cash is already part of the. Cash is part of the face it map pool. Yeah, that's checked. what I was saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so there you go for see, a sock. We would. We would cash. Add. The thing about cash that I was actually excited for is like, oh, is there gonna be like a new way to kind of like play the map around A main or something, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, change exactly. it up a bit. But it was just it was just the same map. Just like you can throw a deeper with, retake flash. And with less so. FPS. So yeah, it was yeah, like Yeah. Really all they did was add that window and the, and then yeah. changed like the boost jump a little bit. Yeah, they yeah, made the, B a little bit different on the site itself, but it wasn't. Then they, they removed they that, that like, too. It was so it was like, like holy that. fuck, brand new cash and all like a window in mid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Hey, there's know. a lamp post you can stand on. I on was gonna say too. that. I was gonna say that. That's like the only. The, those are the, some of the only changes I really even think about. It's like, oh, I have to yeah. look up. Yeah. Like, I like right. that red I'm is. Angle I mean, there, there is like the truck angle to yeah. like red now. Yeah. There is truck, like, that's that's true. That, that, is, that, that is something. That's something. I think but the I problem is. I just feel like it isn't. Yeah. Like it's not substantial enough. FM Pone was hoping it. that like, oh man, all of this sick work I'm doing on the graphics, people are gonna love this map. 
And then, first of all, it's in the same game as, like, you know, Inferno textures and Mirage textures. Second of yeah. all, you then have the update where all the skins came out and ruined visibility for the game forever. Oh, the agents. The agents <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, like, the same fucking time, basically. He releases the map, and then it gets added to the game because Valve like cash, and then instantly they add skins, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. kiss my visibility uh, goodbye. I, I guess I guess okay. How about how about this? Let's answer the second part of his question. Is there another map you'd consider adding? Like I have, Iris, I have Anubis, Sub Zero. Yeah, I can go. Yeah, on. I mean, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. What? You take Fracture from Valorant and put it CS. <laughs> Fra- oh God, hell no. Okay, all right, you're off the show. Yeah, you're all off right. the show. <laughs> He's officially converted. Yeah. He's officially yeah. converted. Honestly, Honestly, I don't even know how that map plays. Still, I would I would bring Train back. Why not? Train. Well, Train's I actually p- like Train, just in yeah. general. Like, I, I thought people got bored of it, obviously, but I think, like, there was never really anything wrong with them. No, there was never anything. If you think about what we lost Train for, it's really embarrassing. Like, yeah. the fact yeah. that Ancient like came train. in. Train was, like, so much more... In- like, I, I still like... I still feel like Ancient has potential, but they haven't fucking done anything to, like, make it interesting. It's just, they it's they like removed a thing, thing that they added on A. Isn't that so epic? They add, they yeah. changed it to add it, and then they changed it it's to like, remove fun. it. Great. They, yeah, I think Ancient has potential, but they just need to do more and more frequently to just feel things out. Even yeah. if it... Train was, like... Be, yeah. Train was, like, actually interesting. Yeah, Train was interesting because in terms of, like, how you block off vision at A and how that affects, like, what you're doing at B and, like, all that type of shit, like... It was a very yeah. cool like chess game being played. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. It was great for Train. tactics and it was great for yes. nuance and you could make decisions even as a T side where you were theoretically at a huge disadvantage. Like everybody and their mother knew Train was CT sided. It didn't matter because good t- uh, Train teams and especially good tactical teams could still find success yes. executing strategies and finding yeah, ways you, to min max. So if you really want to on Train, like you can get out to Olaf and like you know throw a smoke there and. You know, play out in like yard like every single round with like the right flashes if you want to. Yeah, and yeah. It just it opens up like a whole world of just different I mean, shit you can do. Just imagine Phase versus Navi on train right now. Come on, oh, give it to me. So sick. Oh yeah, she's so good. Give that yeah. to me over Vertigo and Ancient any day. Seriously. Yeah, I would take that too. I mean, I'll I'll just say say that right now. I think that Anubis, in terms of new maps, has the most potential right today. Yes. Uh, I feel like it feels really pretty good to play um and i think that the only thing i would change on anubis is i don't really love how mid interacts when you cross the bridge and you have to like go through the double doors and you have to look left look right like that. yeah change that to a slant and i think that map is really good yeah. actually it's kind uh, of like an enforced way to to make it so that you really want to go with the buddy system and trade but like there's more elegant ways to do that than just basically y- making it you must do it you know what i mean y- yeah yeah I, I i don't know it just yeah it needs to be a little bit different for me but, it's also uh, like a very different map from the other maps that are in the pool right now, so I like it a lot for that. Yeah, just in terms like of the tactical many diversity other it has. It's what we were talking about with Train. It's like the things that you can do on that map that you can't do I, anywhere else, you know? It kind of makes me... It kind of gives me, like, cobblestone vibes. It doesn't play the same or anything, but, like, the, just the way it's kind of, like, more open and structured in certain places. Yeah. I, I also think that the bombsite fights feel sick. I feel like oh, they yeah. feel... They're so good. Like, the... Uh, actually, I kind of forget which bomb site is which. The one that's like basically there's like a center circular like that's c- a. cylinder. That's, yeah, yeah. Okay, the so cylinder a, is so, A, and the big tower obelisk is B. So okay, yeah. so A, so A has that really cool like circular dynamic to it, and like those kind of like walls that block. I love it. I just think it's really fun. I think it's actually fun to play in retake servers too. Surprisingly, um, and also I think I would probably just throw in Tuscan because I think Tuscan just needs more playtesting. I think it's really actually quite right. good. 
just because the foundation of the map was really, the bones of it were great. But I, I do think that people aren't wrong to say that it needs a little bit of an update. But I actually yeah. think that update could just be open up the skybox in a few areas. And I think then T's have a few more options in terms of how they throw nades. Like, I feel like there needs to be a better way to stop CT aggressions other than just by throwing a smoke on everything. Like, because it feels bad to go into B main early in rounds because you can get pinched from short B, long B, and from mid at the same time. And all the CTs need to throw is one smoke to block off the A main to mid uh, little tunnel, like that angle or whatever, yeah. that like hallway. Because like, and then they're done. Like, they, then they can just pinch you from three sides and it's like, this, this doesn't feel even fair. Like, why am, why am I the one that has to defend this spot when I'm a T? It just feels kind of dumb, so. I have a um, video coming on Tuscan, yeah. but I'll summarize one of the points, which is that really one of the things that they could do to make the map more dynamic is obviously the grenade skybox thing. The fact that there's so many walls and, and giant things in the sky, like the towers are so big. That thing in CT spawn, you can't even, there's a skybox volume blocking your nades, so you can't even throw retake flashes to get back onto A. It's like very, I don't know why that decision was made. And then um, the other thing that is really weird is that there's no sight lines anywhere. Like you, there's not even like a, Oh, I can't jump through this window, but I can see through it or anything. Like if you had, if you had an angle from like the T mid to a, like the A mid that you were talking about, Maui, the one that's get that keeps getting smoked off right now. If you had like an angle into the, that, that area, then suddenly there's more threat and you have to like decide more things. I don't know. It's like one way to make it more complex. It's just, it's really weird yeah. that it's such a, it, it's a, definitely a blast from the past. Also the tunnel's useless. Nobody should go there. The tunnel yeah, is Yeah, the tunnel weird. feels like not something that should be in a CS map. Yeah, like not not necessarily should shouldn't be kind of a, just a weird map, gimmick. But it's just like there's no other map that like you go into some place and you're stuck there. Like you're there's no other angles. There's like no yeah. alternative routes. Like you go into that into that cave and you're just like stuck See, for another fifteen. It's seconds. It's almost a thirty second walk from yeah the, exactly from the ladder at the bottom from T side entrance to the door, and then you have a door. So. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to make yeah it that's why admittedly i think mill was better actually where the mill one you actually could go all the way through the tunnels to be so at least there's a second option even though it took forever if you walk the whole way it's just a really like, long rotation where if you decide if you take tunnel control you have more things to do but right now it's just like yes. a, it's basically a dead end so yeah, yeah. It just takes away a couple angles from A defenders um, if you get that area. Whatever. It's well, not, you isolate the door anyway, weird. though, on A. Like, if, you, if you're if you backstabbing to try to trade, like, it's actually a worse position for the T's to trade from at a high level. You would want two people arch side instead on A so that they could walk in, clear, like, the, the different spots, and then, like, that's better for your trading potential than somebody coming in from the tunnel anyway. Uh, plus the fact that it's so telegraphed. I thought it would what would be interesting is if there was, like, a, a ladder up to the sightline from arch to the ct spawn area if you guys know what i'm talking about like this if you're in that really weird tuck away spot that's like deeper than you think behind those boxes on a you're looking straight at arch if there was a way to go from like there's a ladder there that takes you down into the tunnel then there's suddenly some way that you can surprise somebody as a t-side as part of a tank oh, something okay. like that i think I, I think i know what you're talking about yeah. like the boxes that are kind of close towards top mid uh, yeah, or, well, it's yeah. not the one that you boost into. It's just the one that you can step into and it looks like there's no, like it's a ninja spot, basically. It's like Ninja on Mirage where it's like, you couldn't, you think you cleared it, but you didn't. you like, if you're not uh, careful. Okay. Or, or, or okay. if you're just coming out of the CT spawn and you look towards Arch, like if there was a, a way to go into tunnel from there, then suddenly that's, that could be a fast rotation. That could be something different. Like there's ways that you could make the map work that way if you want to keep the tunnel. But as of right now, it's useless. So I don't know why anybody right. would go there. Okay. Okay. Let's. 
Let's move on to Badgeronis's question, which he just submitted. Thank you for getting this one in in time. And then we'll do shoutouts. So his question is, before the grenade update, everyone was limited to four grenades per round. Now, by dropping grenades, you can buy more, but you're still limited to carrying four at a time. Do you think allowing players to hold more than four grenades at a time would be good or bad for CS? I can tell you, um, like, the funniest thing that I can think of coming from this is, like, imagine you're on a team and this happens. And then, like, you're made the guy that's, like, designated to hold all the fucking grenades yep. for everyone. <laughs> you just kind of know where you're, where you're placing the team. Are you thinking, like, <laughs> holding 20 grenades? Or are you thinking holding Yeah, if five? it's just unlimited, then, like, yeah, you hold Oh, like, unlimited. Yeah, like, you're literally unlimited a dispenser. Would be very bad. Like, unlimited would be just, stupid. Like, what if you can just hold, like, 10? <laughs> you, just give them, you just give them to, like, two people just on each site. And you just know that, like, your entire job now is to throw grenades for me, bitch. <laughs> like... Yeah, that that would be very okay. Some reason my brain automatically just thought he meant five grenades. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, it and is so, more than four, I guess. So yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Okay, so okay, well, he's writing in chat right now. The thought was still one of each type. Okay, so five. So f well, wait, one of each type is well, just that's just a decoy, and then you with, lose with the ability to stack flashbangs. So I'm confused. Oh, wait, he's saying five or six. This question needs okay. revision, homie. Yeah, no, okay. Here's the thing. I actually tough. made a mod for CSGO, and in it, there are unlimited grenade holdings. You can carry as many as you can afford. Well, But so, it's not actually yeah, exactly. that exactly. I think he means like an HE, Molly, oh, okay. Smoke, Flash, Flash. Oh, so like okay. five nades. Oh, okay. So he's literally just adding one more to it. Yeah, so like okay. the limit is one more. So now you can carry three flashes Ooh. or you can carry two smokes. No, I, I think he means you can also carry a grenade essentially along with like the hold kit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think this is That's a very specific of... change. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, just like you can yeah. carry two flashes, molly, smoke and yeah. nade. But usually you, can, yeah. you have to subtract one nade out of that. Yeah, you either don't so pick, guess... pick an HE or you don't pick a flash usually. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, I, I'll say I'll say that I my initial gut reaction was that this would just favor CTs because then they could just stack more utility and cycle through it throughout the round and just dump it on their position to defend it. But then I also thought that this would be kind of cool because usually what happens is T's just don't pick up a grenade ever. Like it's almost always flash, yes. flash, smoke, molly yep. at a high level. But if they had five nades... I think that'd be kind of sick because we see all these gimmicky fun plays for nade stacks on T side rounds, like on half by rounds, like, you know, the, the air strike into mid window on Mirage from top mid behind the top mid smoke or, or just like overpass nade... jump spot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Overpass jump spot, nade stacking car on Inferno banana. Like there's a, there's a lot of fun ways that that could work, but I still think that other than these very specific use cases, more often than not, the CTs are just going to get ahead because of it. Because it's just easier for them to know what they're going to need. Like they just, I feel like CTs yeah. already kind of buy an extra nade anyway, though, because you can just drop the flash or a nade and spawn and then like oh, juggle yeah. it over. So I feel like that on some maps, at least, that already happens. So I don't know if it would necessarily favor CTs. Because think about well, it would this. make it like, more if ubiquitous. You could, if you, so. if, well, I think it would actually like favor T's more because think about having an extra nade as T every round. Like you can essentially like nade stack one spot at the start of every round. Like imagine you're trying to play B yeah. every single round. Like there's three nades just get chucked at you at car. You're yeah. like, okay, cool. Guess That's, I'm not playing car for the rest of the half. At a pro level, like, it would be so optimized that it would probably just be living hell. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> like every so round crazy. you're getting triple naded in one spot at yeah. least. Like that would just suck. It, yeah. It, I mean, it's so 300 bucks like... per player, but still it's not that much in the grand scheme of things, especially a T-side yeah. economy. You know, you're probably going to have a little bit of extra. So, <laughs> so Actually, just a ban in 
first. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because it's like it's already a disaster over in Banana every round when there's a full buy. So yeah, it, exactly. It does feel like you're playing battleships in Inferno a lot of, or Banana a lot of the time. Uh, I, I guess I guess now that you mention that, I am kind of leaning towards the fact that it would be pretty cool for t I, I think having t's having five nades would be sick actually i think thinking about what the strategy would be for those grenades every round would be an added element to the game that i don't think would be counteracted too hard by ct stacking utility because i i, I think actually i actually think you're right note that they kind of essentially do have five grenades per round um once the ct yeah. start building up yeah once they build up economy so i yeah actually you know what i kind of want to see that happen but, I don't uh, mind it because yeah. it almost would counteract a little bit of the CT imbalance as well. Yeah, right yeah. Now. like that would that would be pretty decent as a change. Here's my thing: when do we make it so that when you die, you drop all of your grenades? That's what I want. Think about think about those changes instead of just dropping the most recently equipped one. I don't want it to be like PUBG. Yeah, <laughs> drop your secondary like too. Let me get that Deagle Opper. Come on, let's. Uh, you get their go. Kevlar and their yeah. helmet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It. Hold on, I'm equipping it's... Kevlar, and it's like a five second. Oh channel. no, you know how badly that would go. That'd be like, hey, Sanji, just buy armor and run into yeah. banana, and I'll pick up your armor after you die. Yeah, just like... med med shots too and yeah. stuff like that. Why don't we? I honestly like though. I don't understand. CSGO is uh, like the med shot almost seems pointless to me because of how like, I mean, it would actually manifest in changes, but like it's such a quick game. Like you usually aren't surviving with like, usually you have more HP than it's actually useful for because pe for people who don't know it restores 50 life. So yeah. usually you have like either more than that or you die. Like there's sometimes you'll live with like 28 or whatever, but like dude oh this and I, I don't want to see counter-strike with med shots like dude, please so, i just don't need health recovering in that game it, it's just not i don't want that let's get that shield like, let's get those bump mines man imagine the bump <laughs> mines. dust two with bump uh, mines oh no i mean that's vertigo like with bump mines it. vertigo that's how you make vertigo a good map you had bump mines Okay, so Alex, the so show is so just going to be me and you. Uh, Alex, and this is kicked <laughs> off for Valorant opinions, and Bruno goes kicked off for, for just unreasonable update opinions. He's, yeah, he's yeah. just going to keep. He's just going to map make. Pernogo's going to be in a side, a picture in picture, and he's going to make a map by the end of the, the yeah, episode, yeah, and then we look at it every time. Okay, that's going to be it. Let's do shout outs. Let's do shout outs. I never do shout out my shout out last, so I'll go first this time. Um. Jeez, it's hard. Why don't I, why did I ever volunteer to go first? Uh, I'll just I'll just shout out all the people that subscribed in in uh, on Twitch. You know, like it doesn't really provide you with anything, but it is a way that you show support, and it's directly to me because nobody else here gets anything from the Twitch subs other than me. So appreciate you, Twitch subs. <laughs> so and subscribe out. on Patreons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that honestly, if you want to support the show in all four of us, then subscribe. Um, on Patreon and shout out to Vu's cat named Maui, which is always nice. funny that it's. I need those Patreon subs, support my family, pay my rent. Yeah, yeah. yeah Valorant is hard after all. Yeah, pro wrestling um, pay per views. Let's Naturally. do it. Let's do it. Mix. Who's your shout out? And I say who um, because it's always a person. Uh, all right, I'll shout out uh, TC Tion, head coach of Complexity. It's his birthday a couple days ago, so Happy know, shout out to him. Great coach, great guy. He's responsible yeah. for my entire career. So if any of you don't like me, you can go blame him. I feel nice. like MSL was there before before TC. No, no, no. TC was before that. Bravado oh, really? was before Rogue. Oh wow. Okay, True. cool. Okay. 
Wow, that's the lore of Mix. Yeah, and right I got there. on Rogue because of my shit on Bravado, so... Wait, how do you not know the lore of Mix? I did an interview with him. You didn't even read yeah, the interview. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Ah, that's fucked up. I definitely Holy read shit. it, but I definitely didn't retain every single word. There's an HLTV interview, and there's a Dust2 one. You gotta read Both the Dust2 one for the, for the lore. Both by me. Insane, I don't have a, uh, an HLTV interview. Okay, Pernogo, what's your... Uh, what is your shout-out, Pernogo? Uh... Uh, shout out Prof from HLTV because he was probably going to be on here at some point. So I'll have to start making amends for all of my HLTV <laughs> hate speech. There you go. Okay. That's You're holding us back. Uh, <laughs> no. Who's your shout out for the show? I will shout out notcreative.com1 on Reddit who had a funny fucking reply in the Astralis <laughs> thread. Uh, so when Astralis, when Astralis lost uh, that qualifier match, their last oh, one, man. there was a comment in the thread that said, I hope Astralis are invited to my funeral as pallbearers so they can let me down one more time. Yeah. And then notcreative.com1 said, yes, the only way they'll be able to come to your funeral is by invite. <laughs> <laughs> so right. that guy is my shout out. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right. Well, that's going to be it for episode 35 of It's Server Time. Thanks, everybody, in the live chat for being fun chatter participants. Thanks to everybody that is subscribed on Patreon. You guys help fund the show and keep it going. And honestly, if uh, you're still here watching, well, give yourself a pat on the back. That's all I'm going to say about that. Catch you guys next time on It's Server Time, where we will be covering probably something that's going on in Pro League. Because that's going to be coming up after the Blast Fall groups. And I'm sure we'll get a show in as what we that should, What we should start doing is, like, at the end of these, like, you know, like, we have, like, the whole, like, fucking long outro, right? Just maybe, like, five minutes or something of just us talking about, like, random shit. So people definitely tune out. And then at <laughs> okay. the end, you, we just drop some, like, actual fucking banger of, like, some, like, insider news or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, saying something like the junior move was going to happen for a very long time. Okay, yeah. That's going to be it. Peace. <laughs> uh, let's go.